Hey, hey, everyone. Welcome to the Phil Drysdale Show. And in this episode, we have Alicia Miller. And I am excited to talk to Alicia because she is someone that is homeschooling her kids. And generally speaking, that's quite rare in the deconstruction community because we associate homeschooling with um, a very conservative Christian background more normally than than not, uh, more often than not. And um, she is in the process of deconstructing, decolonizing, and is keen to create curriculum for her children that is decolonized, that is inclusive, that um, isn't uh, so prescriptive in its spirituality and, and, and those kind of things. And so um, I'm really excited to dive into this. I'm sure you're going to enjoy it. So let's dive in. Do you want to maybe give like a rough overview? I mean, I don't know you very well. I know we've talked a little bit on um, Instagram and stuff, um, but I certainly am excited to hear more about your journey and how you do life. Um, but I know a lot of people that are um, watching this, listen to this, are going to have no idea who you are as well. Yeah. Uh, so do you want to give like a rough overview of just who yeah, you are? Sure. Okay. So uh, I am Alicia and I'm Little Women Farmhouse on Instagram and I, um, well, Disology actually was the one that recommended me. Um, so I'm probably not your typical person on here. I homeschool. Um, I have four daughters and I homeschool them and, um, homeschooling is actually really what led me to, I mean, it's not the only thing that led me to where I am, but, um, it was what started my decolonization and that Mm. I actually decolonized before I deconstructed. Um, And so, um, yeah, I grew up evangelical. Um, yeah, I have a very evangelical family and, um, I know you talk a lot, uh, or you share a lot of information that says a lot of people at deconstruct were like the most involved in church. And that's definitely true for me. Uh, Taylor, who is new transcendentalist on Instagram, he one time shared, uh, he took like Paul's Philippians three about being like Hebrew of Hebrews yeah. uh, and he like flip, like he regrowed it as like being Christian of Christians. And, um, That's funny. and, uh, you know, it was, it's all like, it's worth losing all of that for what you gain. Mm. And, um, I really resonate with that. Um, so I, uh, yeah, I grew up going to church all the time and I was very involved. I read my whole Bible through as like an elementary kid. Wow. Um, yeah, I was just very serious. And um, yeah, like my, and actually I didn't really even necessarily have that model for me. Like I, my, my parents did all of the, you know, the things that you do as evangelical Christians, but like, I, I never saw them reading their Bibles. I just mm. know that's what, knew that's what you're supposed to do. And so I wanted to do it. I like said the, pr- I like taught my sister when she was like, three how to say the prayer and like said the prayer with her like i was like cover your bases early you know (laughs) yes i covered them early and i like always reset the prayer just to be safe um yeah uh, yeah yeah, definitely like had some fear there um and then uh yeah and then as like i got older i did mission trips and ministry trips and um i was like on the board for a pregnancy center just like everything that I could do. I went to youth group. Um, and then, um, I went to college and, um, I went to a Christian college and I was like, uh, I want to do missions with my life. So that's then what, um, 
I started heading toward and, um, I got married young cause that's what you do. So I got married mm-hmm. at 20 and, um, we, uh, like started training to do tribal missions. So I was like, um, I was already disenamored with the church in some ways. Like I read my Bible so much and like, it didn't fit with what I was seeing, like Christians actually living. Like they were all like, just, I live in America. So they're all just going after the American dream and like Mm. looking for bigger houses and, um, you know, buying new clothes. And, um, and I didn't see that in my Bible, you know? So I was like, I think like doing tribal missions is like the most Christian thing I can do. And it felt like, um, like I was a little bit sick of American Christianity. Um, and so I was like, I think I was like looking for what like was really serving God. And that felt like Mm. the most I could like, not, not like I was trying to please God, but that I was trying to like actually make sense of like, what is really following Jesus look like and nothing, what I was seeing didn't seem to match up with that. So, um, yeah, so did several years of training for doing missions. We were going to go to Papua New Guinea. We actually did go over wow. there, like to check it out for a month. And, um, and I loved it. I just thought it was like awesome to, um, to feel like you were really doing something. <laughs> um, and, um, yeah. And then like, all those plans came crashing down and that was in like 2014. And I felt like there was like, I didn't know what I was going to do with my life. Like if like there, there was like, that was the only like plan I had for what it meant to like live out this Christianity. And, um, and then I felt like I was like stuck here in America. (laughs) So So, what um, was it just circumstantial that the the plans fall through or was that? It was was marriage issues. Um, and actually like I had made some bad decisions. Um, and, um, and so that actually was some of what, um, that was one of the, the things that like stirred up my deconstruction because, um, at that time, like people came around me and they were like, just telling like my feelings didn't matter. My feelings meant nothing. And my feelings were evil. And I had like so much conflict in that time because, um, because I thought like I knew God, I'd read my Bible through so many times and everybody's like telling me like your feelings are so wrong, which meant I was wrong. And I was like, well, how, how can I possibly like, what more can I do to know God, you know? And so I just felt like I'm just like evil to my core. And, um, And so it felt like really disheartening to me. Um, And also like, I just had to totally disassociate from my feelings, which is just a very confusing thing because then what Mm. do I trust? Like if I, if my feelings are just so bad, then I just can't trust anything, which means I just am supposed to trust somebody else. And who do I trust? And um, so when I started like, actually um, I, I, I read books and I listened to different people who um, like therapists and actually started um, listening to my feelings and understanding my feelings. Uh, that was a huge change for me yeah, of knowing myself. <laughs> so um, yeah. So anyways, that, uh, that was one thing. I also, um, uh, had a Lutheran friend. Like, so a few years ago, I became pretty good friends with somebody who's a Lutheran. And, um, it's amazing how much, like when you grow up evangelical and, um, 
I think like other fundamentalist groups could say the same, you know, if you grew up Mormon or whatever. Um, but how like everybody, you know, is evangelical <laughs> for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, <laughs> you know, like I, I knew like one Catholic in college and like, you know, so I knew like a few other people, but like, I mean, let alone like knowing any Muslims, you know, or anybody outside of Christianity. So, um, yeah, like even other facets of Christianity were demonized. And so like, I didn't really know many people, at least not well, um, that weren't evangelical. And so, and I went to public school, so I wasn't like completely sheltered, but, um, but yeah, so I met this lady and I got to know her pretty well and she was another mom and she homeschooled and I loved how she like just ra- was raising her children and she was Lutheran. So I just started asking her some questions. Cause at this point I'm already like just questioning things. I, I've kind of always questioned things and, um, I've done your spiral dynamics course, which is okay. excellent. Everybody should, should understand spiral dynamics and uh, you do a good job of explaining it. And you talk about how, like, what happens is you like hit the ceiling and you just like, you have, like, you can't go anywhere else in that's in what you're the spiral, the color you're in or whatever. And so mm-hmm. you just like have to bust out of it. Um, and I felt like that with evangelical Christianity. Like I just like, was hitting the ceiling with everything I knew. And I had these questions and they couldn't be answered in the box I was given. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So I started asking her some questions. So she like believed in, um, in infant baptism and loss of salvation. And those are things that like, literally like at, with my upbringing, I thought like might mean you weren't saved and you might not. Right, go to deal <laughs> yeah. And so I'm like to this point now where I'm like, okay, like help me understand, you know, how you believe these things. And so she starts telling me like, um, they, they, they baptize infants because, um, they're being born into a Christian family. And so the assumption is like, if you're a little child and you're born into a Christian family, you're going to accept all these truths that your parents give you. It's all that, you know, it's all you're being taught. And so you are essentially a Christian. And then as you get older, um, you will actually be able to like, think about all these things on your own. Um, and you know, apart from your parents and you might decide these things are not for me and I don't want to believe this. And so then they believe in loss of salvation because Mm. you can choose to reject it. And like hearing that all together, like I kind of heard it separately, like infant baptism is really bad and it's not right because it should be believers baptism (laughs) and like loss of salvation is really bad because it should be once saved, always saved. And like hearing it together like that, I was like, that actually makes a lot of sense. And so, and in some ways I was like, it even makes more sense because now I'm raising my own kids and I was um, thinking like, and seeing like, of course they're going to accept the things I tell them. Like, it's all they know. It's all they hear. And then even like struggling some in my own, um, faith walk at that point with, um, you know, I had, I had gone to Papua New Guinea and I had, um, gone to Africa and I had gone to these other places. Um, and I had been told like that, um, well, I was kind of raised more with the idea that like, I, uh, I, chose God. Like I, um, chose to become a believer, but then, um, I started attending a Calvinist church Mm. and they were things that were, there were things that were good about it because it was different from a little bit different from when I was raised. So, um, I was able to start like seeing that Christians see things a little different. Um, but one of the things about Calvinism is that they believe that you're chosen by God. And so then I have this idea that like, 
I'm special and I'm chosen, you know, and like there was nothing I could do and um, about it. And it's just like, you know, a wonderful thing that I'm supposed to thank God for. And um, and I just started having problems with all of these beliefs because I'm like, well, on one hand, like if I'm chosen, like why me, you know, like why mm-hmm. am I chosen? But then if I choose God, like um, I don't, I'm like, I don't really think I chose God. Like I didn't have a lot of, like my family all yeah. believed it. And like, uh, you know, it was basically expected of me, everybody I knew <laughs> believed in God. Um, and, um, you know, I'm growing up in America, so like, I don't really feel like I, uh, right. your choices you know, weren't that diverse, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Right. I think it was kind of like, unlikely you were going to turn four and go, you know, I've, I've been really thinking about Hinduism. Can right? you teach me about that? I've never heard of it before, but you know, I'm thinking I'm that's the direction goal, I'm going to go. What I'm gonna choose. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And, uh, you know, like I'm, I, I think a lot and I'm logical. And so I'm just like, logically, like, it just makes sense that that's probably what I chose. And, um, and so then, you know, likewise, if you just keep going down that path, you're like, well, if you grow up in a Muslim country, you're probably going to become Muslim. And, um, and so, um, I had, we had a missionary friend that came and visited us and uh he was telling us how like he had a friend that um was like well is like don't you really struggle with the fact that like all these people are going to be going to hell and um and you know just because they never heard and he was telling us you know that his response was like well you know we all just deserve to go to hell and so like i actually just like to think about it like about how like i'm just like so thankful that um even though that's what i deserve that like god saved me from that like actually i'm just so fortunate that i'm not going to hell like cuz mm. i was saved from that and i'm like i'm at the point now when he's sharing this like this is like 2 years ago or something where i'm like do you hear yourself right <laughs> like it, this is easy for you to say because you're one of the chosen ones <laughs> yeah 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 it's a really surreal thing right because that i i thought that for years me and too, yeah. somehow that was an okay answer like it was on some level like i couldn't break through yeah. Like the cognitive dissonance going on to make that just a good answer. And people are going, really, does this feel good? And I'm like, no, no, it is. It's a great answer. Yeah. It's just perfect. It's completely flawless. And then you come out the other side and you're like, what was I smoking? Like, how yeah. the heck did that all add up to like, yeah, sure, fine. No problem. Yeah. Like, we couldn't possibly go, couldn't God just save everyone? Is that not an option? Or could yeah. God not create some people you know, evil or I don't know, like, uh, it's a very weird concept that we just can't see outside of this little box. Yeah. Uh, But it's the way it is, right? Yep. There's like a lot of disassociation you have to do. You have to like kind of shut down in some ways to, in order to accept all that. Um, And yeah. And I feel like, you know, now I can see some of those ways where I was like, why would I not have thought about this more, questioned this more? Um, But um but yeah, when, when you're told that like your eternity hinges on it, you know, that's like a big, that's a big deal. <laughs> yeah. Big time. Yeah. Um, and I think in many ways that, um, that at least in the faith tradition that I grew up in, um, you know, I was taught to not really be a thinker, um, and to just accept these truths and, mm. um, and so I was afraid. So you weren't allowed to, to feel and you weren't allowed to think. Yeah, yeah, There's not yeah. much left for you to do, right? <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. So you could think, okay, so um, Rachel Held Evans uh, says in one of her books, like about how we were given all the answers before we were even asking them. And so mm-hmm. um, like evangelicalism and, um, and I, 
Yeah. And I think like a number of Christian traditions, they just know now that like, we live in this age where we are like, we're supposed to have answers. And so they are like, Oh, we, we, we need to make sure you have these answers. And, um, and she, like her first book is all, um, like kind of hinges off the monkey scopes trial. And so at that, like basically, uh, Christians came out looking kind of stupid because they didn't have an answer, um, to science. And so like, I think that was one of the things that kind of like kicked Christians to start like having answers. And so like they created all these answers and now what they do is they just like hand them to us, like these budding Mm -hmm. children, evangelical children. And they're like, these are all the things you need to believe. And so, you know, you're 18 and you have like all these answers, but you never, you actually weren't even asking them yet. Um, and so then like, you know, you're 18 and you're going out and like, um, like I did ministry trips and stuff, you know, and you're given all these answers that you have and you haven't even like lived life yet. Yeah. <laughs> and so I yeah. think that's like why we see a lot of us, you know, a little older and, um, and now, um, you know, we were like hardcore Christians and we gave all those answers to people. Um, and now we, um, we're deconstructing because we, uh, we spent a lot of time in all that, you know, we really actually cared a lot about it and it was like our whole life. And then, um, and then we hit the ceiling. (laughs) Yeah. Well, it's all the more to deconstruct, right? The more fervently you go after this, the more is your entire world, the more your identity is wrapped up in it. Like, you know, if if you're a, a, um, I'm trying to think probably like people call it like nominal Christianity, right? You, you say you're yeah. a Christian, but you're not really, truly and yeah. not like one of us, you know, whatever, however people saw that. But someone that is just like, oh, I go to church on Sunday. I don't really give that much of a crap. Like I'll say a prayer every now and again, especially if I've lost my keys or freaking out or whatever, but I'm, I'm good. Like, but that person has so much less to deconstruct than the person that is like, every decision I make, I'm questioning what's in God's will, what's not in God's will. Every person I meet, I'm going, how can I save them? Every mm-hmm. spare moment I'm spending, I'm go- I'm beating myself up for watching Netflix when I could have read my Bible or, or whatever mm-hmm. it is, you know? That person yeah. has a lot more stuff, like yeah. as far as their internal reality to, to work through and to kind of like integrate um, post kind of waking up uh, to maybe the... <sighs> That it's not all positive. Um, I think that's probably the nicest way I could say it. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it sounds like you were an all or nothing person. Because I I like all or nothing people because I'm an all or nothing person. I'm like, who's got time for people that don't commit like to what they believe? But it sounds like you were like, you you threw yourself at this. You're like, okay, well, and I think I I always had that approach to Christianity a lot of the time. The reason I, I ended up moving to America from the UK and I gave up a business, I walked away from like, a lot of money on the table and I was like no I don't think I'm supposed to have any money I feel like that's just like a whole distraction I need to like just give myself to the Lord and I moved to California because it was a school that did um like they taught in supernatural stuff and healings and I was reading these books and I'm like people can heal today that's that's in the bible I guess but I'm like but that happens today I'm like what the hell are Christians doing then like why aren't we clearing out hospitals and curing cancer and stuff and I was like I'm quitting everything I do and I'm just going to go there and learn because like if I can cure cancer, you know, if right. I can heal people that are dying, why would I be a yeah. IT manager? Why would yeah, I learn yeah. to be an accountant or, you know, like whatever, like right? My, my being a like missionary. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's like, well, all or nothing, right? You're, you're like, uh, yeah, but there's people in another country that are going to die Muslim or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, I need to go get saved, get them saved, right? It's this 
epic hero complex but of course yeah. we, we love that you know people like yeah. to be the hero yeah. um but it's it's it makes sense and in a sense yeah. i i have much more respect in some ways for someone that is a zealot like I, i've often said i actually really admire people like the westboro baptist church because you know what they really believe it yeah I, I i don't i never was a christian i believed what they say mm-hmm. i believe people were going to hell but i didn't go and like you know yell at them at their loved one's funeral i'm like geez <laughs> like that's intense they really believe right yeah, yeah you could yeah. argue they have some ulterior motives and stuff going on as well but yeah you know like i i, I admire that i don't think it's healthy yeah. right good yeah. any of those like adjectives but you can't question that they really are going after what they believe um and I do think it's it's really interesting when someone that is like that deconstructs. It is so much more of a you know a smash against a brick wall. Um, that this is just like whoa, this is my whole life we're talking about here. When you start to pick it apart, right? You've trained for years as a um, as a missionary. You went to Christian college. You know, I mean, you you mm-hmm. you got in the system. Um, yeah. What what was that like? I mean, what what did it start looking like as things started to unravel for you? Like, how did you, how did you go through that? And what was falling apart? Like, what were some of the key kind of things that were causing mm-hmm. you to, to lose? Yeah. So, um, okay. So, uh, another, th- okay. So it was about, um, a year and a half ago, I guess I would say that I like just like hit the ceiling or like pulled the last string, whatever we call it, you know, where I was just like, I'm not, I'm not okay. Like shoving this all down anymore. So mm-hmm. I, um, Uh, I, I think like, you don't, you haven't done a lot with the Enneagram, I think from what you've shared, but the Enneagram was also something big for me. So, um, so I, yeah, I discovered the Enneagram, like everybody. (laughs) And, uh, and I realized, um, that I'm a nine, which means like I'm a peacekeeper. And, um, one of the things I realized is like a nine is like the perfect, Christian woman. (laughs) So like we're a peacekeeper. We don't speak up, especially in conflict, um, unless we're like called on to, and, um, we can see like all sides of a situation. So like, we, it's just like kind of easy for us to like give grace, um, or like to, um, believe somebody when they tell us like our feelings are all wrong. (laughs) And, um, And so like realizing that I was a nine, like I always thought, okay, I like actually had these feelings where I was like, man, I feel bad for some people because I just think it's so easy for me to be a Christian. Like I had, you know, some friends where it was just like, like, it was just hard. They just like always wanted to rebel or, you know, they, um, they were like always depressed. And I just was like, I just, I actually feel like it's just kind of easy for me to be a Christian because of my personality. And so when I discovered the Enneagram, I actually like realized some of these things that I thought were like healthy were unhealthy parts of my personality. Like I didn't know how to speak up about my wants. I didn't even sometimes know myself. Like I didn't, I just knew what everybody else made me and wanted me to be. Um, and until I realized like, I, yeah, I guess until I really realized that people see the world differently and, um, and realized like that this is a specific way I see the world and that actually like, some of these, um, qualities are, you know, that I kind of was told were healthy, you know, and these are good Mm -hmm. things. Like you're, you're a great submissive wife and a great submissive woman. And you listen to, you know, all the men in your life, you know, um, that, yeah, that I had that were even praised, you know, and I realized, Mm -hmm. oh, these are, these aren't actually healthy qualities. I, um, you know, I, I don't know myself. I don't speak up when I need to. Um, and, 
uh, yeah, I'm just trying to keep everybody happy, you know, and like spinning a hundred plates at one time to keep everybody else happy. Mm. And so, um, so I, I, um, was kind of like contemplating all that and, and, and working on like trying to be like healthier and that. And then, um, I read, um, I have a friend that I went to college with to the Christian college and he wrote a book, um, his name is Stephen Copeland and he wrote a book called where the colors blend. And now I can say it's basically his deconstruction journey, <laughs> but mm-hmm. I, I didn't quite have that language then. Um, and, um, it, I, I was just like, this is cool. Somebody I went to college with wrote a book, you know, but, um, I read it and I, okay. So because of my personality and because I'm, um, I can, I'm not black and white. I'm a very great, I see the world in gray. Um, sure. I, I was, I could like, um, empathize with him. And I was like, you know, like, as I read the book, I, I could kind of see some of the things he was saying, but it, it scared me. Like it really scared yeah. me. Um, but, uh, I also about the same time read, uh, Rob Bell's, uh, what is the Bible? I think that's what it's called. Okay. Yeah. Um, and, uh, also the same thing where like, I, I wanted to be open mind, but I, I felt like I was like reading, like, obviously I'm like reading the book normal, but I felt like <laughs> metaphorically I'm like reading it like this, like, sure, I'm, like, yeah, yeah. like kind of <laughs> reading it. Um, Don't get too into this. <laughs> right. Like, I'm just, just trying to understand them. <laughs> Um, but, uh, yeah, so I like, I was ready to kind of dive in, but I was definitely scared, um, because I, Mm. like, I felt like everything I believed hinged on this. Like I, um, my whole life, everything I believed, everything I was doing hinged on this. And so, um, so yeah, I read both of them and then, um, I, I kind of felt like when I finished them, uh, I needed like a little break. Um, but I also felt like I was ready to like dive into this. Like I'm not, Mm. I'm not living this like life anymore where I don't ask questions, where I shove down the questions, you know, um, where I'm just like satisfied to take what everybody gives me. Like I'm, uh, like that's not even true belief, you know, like true belief is, um, really, um, you know, like diving in and, and asking the scary questions and, and then deciding, you know, if I accept this or not. Um, Mm. and so, um, actually I had a friend that, um, was sharing your, some of your posts. And so I found your Instagram and then I saw that you had the grace course, as you called it then, um, Mm. on your website, I was like, this is like free college. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, so I was like, uh, I was kind of excited. I just, I love to learn. So I'm like a lifelong learner. I just love to learn. And I will, um, I'm actually like, I have a goal this year to read a hundred books. I'm at like book 86 right now. Wow. So you're on uh, it. You're like on track. Yeah, I know. I am. I'm going to get there. I'm a little stubborn. <laughs> yeah. Do you, is there a little bit off you that like, as you're looking for new books on Amazon, you're looking at the page count and you're like, ah, yeah, yeah. Long, I'll pick another book. You know? <laughs> there, 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 yeah, there are. I am a little bit, but I just, uh, I, I have like, I, I do audiobooks and read books nice. and, uh, and I, and I, uh, I have listened to some that are like 17, 19 hours. So I'm not only doing short books, but, uh, nice. but yeah, but now that I'm getting close, I have a few books that are shorter. I'm like, I might use those ones. <laughs> <laughs> Flip through some pamphlet style books. Yeah. Right, right. Check them. Yeah. I don't, I don't count my children's books that I read to my kids. <laughs> That's to be funny. A yeah. Book. Every night. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
yeah. Great. So, uh, I, yeah, I just love to learn and I do it for myself. Um, and, uh, I was an English major, so I do, I enjoy reading. Um, yeah. so, uh, yeah, but I, I thought I found your courses and I actually like, I didn't even know you had like podcast version or anything. So I actually like did like the, the video part and like watch the video. You on just your website. sat and looked at me, talk to a camera. I, like, I, I don't even know talking. why I do the videos. I hate doing them. It's so awkward, but I'm like, oh, it needs to be a video. I don't know what else to do. So yeah, yeah, I <laughs> did. Know? for I did. That's yeah. Funny. For like your first three, I think. And then I, I realized you had a podcast version. So then I started like listening and like cleaning at the same time. <laughs> um, Yes. But yeah, uh, I, I actually, I like really highly recommend that those, I don't, what do you call the, do you still call that the grace? What do you call that now? Yeah, it's still there as the grace course. Yeah. As the grace course. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Cause they're definitely different than these podcasts here that you're doing now. um, Yeah. Where it's, yeah. Kind of like educating people on different ways. You can see some of these passages that we've always been taught and, um, and so I, yeah, I actually like recommend them to other people still, um, because I just, I think it's, um, it, it's thorough, um, with not, without being too much. And, um, it was a great like launching pad for me. Yeah. So I, I, I look um, at them as kind of transitional pieces for people. That's why I leave yeah. it up. Cause I mean, people are like, I can't believe you said this in this video. And I'm like, well, you think I believe that? And they're like, yeah, but why is it online? So I'm like, well, some people will believe that and it'll be a helpful step in the right direction. But yeah. I'm like, eh, it's fine. It's like, it's all kind of whatever helpful yes. stuff for someone. Um, but yeah, so a lot of that stuff, like, unless it's very recent, I probably don't believe that. I don't believe the same thing I believed like six months ago. There's no way I believed yes. something I recorded two years ago. Um, yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's just like figuring out what helps people at different stages. And so I always say like the grace course is kind of for people that are still very wrapped up in, I want to be a bit more open in my spirituality, but I want to be very tethered to Christianity as I go. Um, yeah. Yes. So yeah, maybe not tethered yeah, so to my church or my box, but yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And so it's, it's when you're starting to go, oh, I want to look a little bit further beyond my box, but I do want the language to still be around the person of Jesus. I do want it to link to bible verses and things like that which yeah i think most people need that sort of safety it's a bit of a comfort yeah. you know i think that's why someone Definitely. like rob bell's really good because he he does pull it back and go oh it's like this bible passage here or this or that and a lot of people find that very comforting um yes. whereas if he just completely let go of those things i think people would really struggle even more i think people struggle with rob bell i have no idea why but they do yeah um so well, yeah. yeah i mean i remember actually like um when Rob Bell's Love Wins book came out that mm. uh, like I just like all these Christians that I knew were like talking about how horrible it was and um, I saw a friend had it on her bookshelf I was like you have this book <laughs> and um, it's just like funny looking back That's like funny. that I like I you know I had me I never even read it you know and like yeah. we just we judge so many things that we actually most never people hadn't I don't think about. many people <laughs> had read it so yeah yes um, I, I actually still I've never actually read that book even still um it's a great but, book but i will say most people that are usually kind of in this world have probably moved beyond their past yeah important or healthy. yeah they're good yeah yes yeah That's good. yeah so i um so from that then i found your book list and uh i started oh reading some of those yeah yeah <laughs> and uh and yeah i kind of i just like dived in i listened to a bunch of podcasts um uh like 
uh, PNs, um, the mm. Bible for normal people. I listen to like a lot of those and, um, yeah. And so I, um, I, yeah, I haven't, I haven't stopped. I would say like, I just, um, because I love to learn, I, um, I, there's so much out there that you can read, you yeah. know? And, um, and I'm, I feel really, I guess that what I would say now is I feel like really, safe in the idea that I can like my ideas and beliefs can keep changing and I'm not Mm. afraid of that. And so, um, I want to just keep learning. Um, I would say I have reconstructed, um, for me, um, I, I probably would be seen like in the, um, like liberation theology, um, sure type belief right now. And, um, Yeah. And I just, uh, I think that the Bible, um, I think all books teach us so much. (laughs) And I think uh, that there's a lot that we can learn from the Bible. Um, But now I approach it. um, Okay. So Rob Bell, I think maybe I heard this saying in one of your things, um, like he says um, that Christians open the Bible, um, to end a discussion and Jews open it to begin a discussion. And that's like very much how I like to see the Bible now, like just to start a conversation. And um, so we're going to talk about parenting some, I know, and um, I do that with Mm. my own kids and it's fascinating when you do that with people, with, with kids. And maybe, you know, if you have other people um, that haven't been um, indoctrinated and told like, this is what you have to think. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's it's really hard to do once you've been established in this kind of world of like, this is the way it has to be. This is where you have to think. Because we talk about, right, you talk about as a kid, you make a decision to be a Christian or whatever. And it's like, no, and you're like, oh, no, I think for myself. And it's like, you can't think for yourself. No one thinks for themselves, right? Everyone thinks the way they've been brought up to think. And we evolve and grow in how we think. But mm-hmm. at the end of the day, that was informed by our schooling, by our parenting, by our peers, by you know, university, college, whatever it is, churches, they're mm-hmm. teaching you how to think. Yes. Um, and so even the, the idea of thinking for ourselves is so shaped by our society and, and the world that we grow in. Um, and so it's just, it's really fascinating that concept um, of how much we are told as Christians, oh, no, no, you're making your decisions and you're doing this. But really, you're, you've been given such a limited paradigm that, even someone that thinks radically for themselves is still uh, um, in some ways in bondage to the world they grew up in and the world they're they're part of. But how much more so when you aren't even given any freedom, really, you're just told here's your options in or out. And this is what you need to believe to be in. Okay. Any questions? By the way, the answer is no to that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yes. Crazy. It's it's really wild. So the idea of bringing up kids in a way that you're constantly going, how can I create more freedom, more mm-hmm. openness, more, um, as much as possible. How do I help people think for themselves, teach them to think yeah. rather than to just agree or repeat, you know, that's, yeah. that's the way a lot of our, I mean, a lot of our schooling is that right. It's it like, is. here's the answer exactly. book, read mm-hmm. it, memorize it, regurgitate yep. it for the test. Yes. Um, and then God knows if that helps and I'm sure it helps some people in some ways, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I think that's a, a great launch pad into uh, talking about parenting. So, so mm. I do homeschool, but I think um, you know I want to talk uh, 
as in, um, you know, a lot of the things that I think I do, like anybody can do. And um, you mentioned, yeah, like how do we raise these open-minded, curious um, children with imaginations? And I think, um, I think that's like the key to raising children that we are not just um, telling them who they have to be, what they have to believe. Um, you know, this is how you have to see the world. Um, but that we, um, you know, allow them to have curiosity and um, to be open-minded and to disagree with us. Even, um, yeah. so my oldest is nine right now. Um, and she has a strong personality and she has a lot of like ways to see the world. Um, and um, uh, yeah, I just try to like let her have a voice and, sometimes uh, I've, I've really learned from her even. Mm. Um, and so, yeah, so I mentioned, I started decolonizing first. So I, when yeah. I, um, I'm a public school kid, public school product. And so I had planned to send, well, when we were going to do missions, I would have had to homeschool, but then we were going to stay here. And I was going to, we lived in a, um, a decent school district and I uh, had friends that were teachers. So I planned to send them there. Um, and when my oldest was four, I like signed her up for preschool. Just it's what everybody did. They just, there was a preschool in town that everybody sent their kids to. And so I, I signed my daughter up and, um, and then that summer I, um, I found, uh, this, in, this Instagram that was like homeschooling related called wild and free, which I, I actually like edit and write for them now, but I didn't then. Um, and so they it basically, I just like realize that there's this way that people were homeschooling their kids. That wasn't what I had seen growing up, which was like a way to shelter your kids. And I right. like, yeah, yeah. want to homeschool my kids for that reason. Um, uh, yeah. Like a lot of people like would like give them, you know, the exact same education you're getting like in school, but like, let me Christianize everything, you know, and like pull God mm-hmm. into everything. And, uh, and I, yeah, I just like, I didn't really have an interest in that. But um, I saw like people were homeschooling, like in order to give their kids like more freedom, like to, you know, let them run around outside more to, um, to um, allow them to like explore topics that like you just really don't a lot in public school, like arts and, um, and it was interesting to me because like I got all A's in school. I was top 10 in my class, but I felt like I just didn't really come away with a lot. <laughs> you know, yeah. I just knew how to like get the right grades for my teachers. I could read my teachers and, you know, do what they told me to do. And, um, and I, you know, I'm a lifelong learner myself. So I was just like, I just, I think like, there's gotta be a better way. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, at that point I started reading like a few different education philosophers. So they were like all European, um, from like the, mm-hmm. uh, from, the 1800s, like end of 1800s, beginning of 1900s, like when they were writing. Um, so, um, Charlotte Mason was one of like, she's like the main one I started reading. Um, and then I've also read like Rudolf Steiner, who's behind Waldorf education and, um, and, uh, Maria Montessori who's behind Montessori. And like, in a lot of ways, like they are different, but in a lot of ways they kind of say similar things. Um, and so one thing that Charlotte Mason, uh, said, uh, as I'm reading like her books is that, um, so she, so she, uh, was a Christian. And so she said, like, when you read your Bible, don't tell your kids what it means. Like you Hmm. read it to them and then you let them tell you 
what they got from it, like what it says to them, like no matter what it is, like if they leave parts out, you don't say, oh, but this part, and let me tell you what it means. Like whatever they get out of it, you just let them like, otherwise it's not there. And she had this belief about every mm. part of education. Like anything you tell your kids, this is what you're learning. They're not going to retain. But if they, if you read them a book and they tell you back what they got from it, that's knowledge that they've taken and made their own. Um, and so specifically with the Bible, cause at that point, like I hadn't deconstructed in any way. I was like, I, I was kind of, I was a little bit afraid. I was like, but how do you know that they like believe the right things then, you know, like you have to tell mm, the kids yeah, yeah. what to believe. <laughs> um, but I, I like had read enough that I kind of like, I just was like, I'm going to trust this, you know? And, um, and I, I actually, I like educate my kids completely like that now where, um, mm. like we read things together or we watch things together. And, um, and I'm like, tell me what, you know, tell me what, it, what you got from it. Tell me what it said. And, um, now like with my oldest, we have a discussion more, um, and, you know, she'll share what she thinks. And then, you know, we might have a discussion about it. Um, but um, I've realized it's just really, really neat when you approach things like that. Um, and yeah. and um, so, for instance, like with uh, the Bible. So I, I do still read the Bible to my girls. Um, and um, I know like some people say, so, you know, you have all kinds of listeners and some of them um, like, uh, you know, need to stay completely away from the Bible because it's, you know, hurt them so much, sure. but I'm, I'm guessing you'll have some that are also like, I want to give my kids the Bible and I just don't know how. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, and absolutely. so I want to speak a little bit to that. So, um, I know like there's a number of people that think like, just focus on the stories of Jesus. Mm. Um, I think like PNs would have that approach. Um, and, um, I think like the life of Jesus is really great. And, um, and I, and I do read those to my kids, like, and like the parables are great stories, you know, that you sure. learn things from. Um, but children like love mythology and, mm -hmm. and like, they love those old stories. And so like, I think what, um, feels toxic to us is like that, um, you know, some of them have been, um, ruined for us because we weren't allowed to have any curiosity within them, you know? Um, and also we live in an age of reason and like, so we like look at those stories and we're like, well, we don't want to indoctrinate our kids and like make them think like that they was like, uh, actually like this flood and like only one person was sick, you know? And, um, yeah, and I yeah. think, I think, um, what we need to like, so I'm an English person and I love story. And, I, and so I think that, um, we uh, like just need to let children have like wonder over these stories, mm. you know? So we're not, we're not like um, indoctrinating our children when we read them. We're like sharing our heritage with them. And like, and like, they're just like, like I read mythology to my kids too. I mean, like, sure. you know, and so this is like a story um, that um, is just like amazing, you know, like a big flood story and like it sticks in their minds and they don't need to like have the answers and they don't care about having all the answers, you know, what about like, the, the truth of this story or, um, you know, like how it relates to them. Like, it's just a story to them, you know, yeah. and later on they'll like, you know, they'll continue to build on it, on it. And, um, and I think, um, a big part of parenting is just trusting the process that kids like, um, 
you know, will continually build on the knowledge they have and come to their own conclusions and that they don't need it all when they're seven. Um, and yeah, so I think like those decisions, all parents get to all make for themselves. Um, but, uh, but we do, yeah, I read, um, both like some life of Jesus stuff to my girls. And then also some of those like big stories from the old Testament. Mm. Um, so I, I, uh, was reading through Joshua to my oldest two, I think. Um, and this is last year. Um, And when you're doing this, this is like, I presume this is some form of like child's translation of the Bible. It's not, you know, kind of. No, I actually read, I read the, yeah, the actual Bible. Because I was about to ask, I was like, I don't know how many kids' Bibles particularly go into depth in Joshua, because that's just a book to avoid, yeah, generally yeah, speaking, yeah. right? It's like Yes. So um I do I, yeah, I mean children Bibles are hard because like I um yeah, they're all, you know, like impacted by somebody's doctrine. Yeah, um, big time, big time. So uh I some I, I mean I have used them before, but um yeah, one thing that Charlotte Mason, the philosopher I really like, uh she, she said, just read from the actual Bible. And that also was like crazy to me at first. Mm. Um, but, but we like, we always read like short sections, like 20 verses at a time. Um, and, um, and I think some of her thinking in that was that then you're, you know, you're not giving a doctrine to your kid. You're giving, you know, the words that have been translated, but the words. Um, so, um, yeah, so I I was reading this uh, from uh, yeah Joshua actually in the Bible, and um, so my oldest at this point is like eight, I think. Now she's nine now, but I think she was eight. And um, and so we're reading, uh, I think it's Joshua eight, um, and it's the um, the story about how they go up against um, I and uh, AI, I think it said I, and they lose, and the people are like, oh, like why did we lose? You know, cause there's always some, some good reason yeah, that they yeah. lost and uh, not just cause they're worse or anything. Um, <laughs> and uh, so, so they end up realizing that um, somebody has stolen some of the treasured things. And so they like cast their lots because <laughs> they're gamblers and uh, they, they cast their lots and uh, like they come, you know, they, they narrow it down to a certain tribe and then they narrow it down to um, a certain family and then they narrow it down to Aiken. And, um, and so Aiken is the one that, that took the treasured things. And so what they do is they take, Aiken and they take Aiken's family and they take Aiken's livestock and they stone him. <laughs> yeah, it's, so, it's serious, right? Right? Yeah. I always so, think reading that story, I always think, I bet a whole bunch of people broke the rules, right? I bet it wasn't just him. Right. I bet you like a whole bunch of people had nicked stuff. Um, because if they're doing straws and if it's come down to him, the odds are probably whatever. But I'm like, I bet you there were so many people in the crowd sweating right. buckets when they're drawing the straws and they're like, oh God, it's not my family. And bit by bit, right. it's whittling down towards you and you're just like, oh shit, oh shit. Right. <laughs> and then like the wife of him, she's like, what? This, uh, I'm dying for this, you know? Right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. And so, so I don't know if I would recommend reading this story to your eight year, eight year old, but, um, I did anyway. But here we are, right? <laughs> and I have, and here we are and I have a story from it. So, so, uh, so this, yeah, this daughter, like in some ways are very different cause she's super black and white, but she's mm. a questioner just like me. And so that's really cool. And so we finished reading it and she's like, why would the people do that? Like, why would they kill 
everyone when he was the one that did it like why like his kids and his wife and his animals she loves animals so she's like his animals like I don't understand that and then she sits there for a few seconds and she's like and why would God tell him them to do that and so like I love that she can question that that's Mm -hmm. a good question (laughs) you know like why would God tell somebody to stone um you know uh a whole family. And, and she's, uh, she's sometimes a little like social justice where she's like, she probably was thinking like, I'm okay with them killing Aiken, but like not should die. But- right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right? Um, and so like, I grew up where like, I mean, I don't think I heard this story in Sunday school, but like every, you know, like the story, of the flood, mm. everything was just like immediately justified. Like, God is holy. God has to make sure everything's clean and perfect. And so like he can like do all these things and he's allowed to do all these things. And like, we have to trust him. Um, and so, yeah, from a young age, I just like knew I shouldn't question anything and like everything God does is perfect. So like, (laughs) you know, I just have to like trust that. And, um, it's been so refreshing for me to like, see, Mm. like, that's, I'm glad and that's super healthy that my daughter (laughs) says, big time. why would they, why would God say to do that? On some level, every person, right? We've all sat through a service where a passage like that has been read by the pastor and it's, oh, today's service, we're going to read this passage and he's going to tell you about how important it is you don't, uh, I don't know, uh, hide things from your family or I don't know, like whatever this ultimate moral of this or your entire family is going to get killed. I'm not sure how we all work this into a today's sermon, but we're going to do it. Um, And every single person in that room, if we're honest, on some level is your eight-year-old in that moment. Going, yeah. But why the donkeys? The donkeys. Yeah. You know, what about the dogs? They don't right? know. And like not a two-year-old. Eh, maybe two-year-olds, sure. But like yeah. dogs. You know, like, um, you know but it's like it, it, we've all somewhere and, and, and we're catching ourselves, right? We're going, oh, no, no, no. We don't do that. He's holy. He's righteous. It's justice. Yeah. It's, his ways are not our ways. Like we, 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 we kind of shut that down. But on some level, I think if we're all honest, at least mm-hmm. I am. I don't know. Yeah. Like other people think this, but. On some level, I'm going, really, this feels a bit screwed up. This doesn't feel very just. It doesn't feel very righteous. It feels a little, like, vigilante-ish. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, an eye for an eye. Well, this is like an eye for, like, 5,000 eyes. You know, it's it's just like, it's so out of proportion, you know? Yeah, Um, yeah. And and so I'm glad that kids kind of reveal that in us. You know, they they kind of, like, point out the thing and you're like, oh, yeah, I have wondered that as well, actually. Good point. Yeah, Um, yes. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Oh, that's so cool. Um, yeah, yeah. And so um, we've... So yeah, how do you I've guide been... that? How do you guide that conversation? So she's sitting going like, what is this? You know, like, is yeah. that something you go, what do you think? Like, how, yeah. how do you think that works? So, yeah, so sometimes I think it depends on the circumstance. But with this one, I said, um, I, you know, I think that's a good question. Um, like, what, what do you... Th- like know about God or what do you think about God that, um, that makes you feel like this is odd. Um, and, and she, yeah, she was just able to talk like how, like, she doesn't think that God would like ask people to kill people. And, Mm. um, and she thinks that like, um, you know, that, that somebody else shouldn't die because and be killed because of, uh, another person's like evil. (laughs) Um, Mm. and so it just, yeah, like, so sometimes I'll join in the discussion. Um, but like with this, you know, she was able to voice all those things on her own, you know? So, um, 
you know, so at that point I could have been like, I think you're right. Like, I think that like, like, I don't want to serve a God that like says it's okay to just kill, you know, like a whole family and all the livestock. Um, and like, I don't think like I should have to die because you know what a guy, a man did. And, um, you know, I could have said all those things, but like, um, but it's so, yeah, it's so much, uh, more impactful that like she can voice those thoughts, you know? And, um, and she, she is able to think those things on her own. Um, and also like it gives her the opportunity to like work through who God is to her, um, which is something hopefully she'll be doing her whole life, you know? Um, and, um, and I, um, okay. So I had a, I, I had not read parenting forward before it had like been on my list. So that's like the, like, uh, progressive Christian (laughs) parenting book, I guess, or whatever. Um, and I had not read it before, even though it was like kind of on my list to read, but before doing this podcast, I was like, I should read it, you know? And, um, so I did, I, I read it, um, this past week and it's great. I would totally recommend it. Um, a number of the things I say here today are, um, you know, in line with, the book, um, it's a quick read. Um, so yeah, if any, like if somebody is a parent and they finish this podcast and they're like, I want to, you know, do more, um, there's the book and she also has a podcast too, mm. but, uh, I was supposed to be the- speaking to her last night actually, but she has to cancel oh. we're doing it next week. So Good. your podcast so you may are. come out like the same week, potentially. I don't so even know. I'm, I'm probably know trying to space them out a bit, but yeah, You're gonna have I'm, I'm hammering home some parents and content for people because I don't have kids. Awesome. I'm like, I don't know. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, great. Yes, it's it's very good. So she has a quote from it that um, I wrote down because it's I think it's really important. So it's the reality is that our faith is always embedded in the historical and cultural context of our generation. Mm-hmm. My job was not to recruit my children to fight my battle against the faith system of my time, but to equip them to build faith resilience in the struggles unique to their generation. Wow. So um, I think it's important because I think we have to remember, um, first of all, that we're raising our children already in a different time than the one that, that we grew up in. Um, but also that like our wounds and like the battles, even that we're fighting now against, um, Christianity against, you know, the faith that we were given, um, our kids aren't fighting those, you know, like they, they don't have the wounds and they don't, um, you know, have the indoctrination, they don't have the same time, you know, generation exactly they're growing up in. And um, I actually had uh, an experience like this a few weeks ago. So um, my kids were with their grandparents, and they went to church with them. And um, so then they, they got, I didn't actually know that they were going to be going to church with them. Um, and so when they got back home, I found out and like, it took me like an hour to like regulate my feelings and my emotions. So it's like, it's a church I used to go to. So I know the church completely. Right. And, um, and I, yeah, I had to like kind of work through that. And I just, I realized like I had this fear of them, like, being indoctrinated or like, like this church is like big on like asking, um, like little kids like to raise their hand to say a prayer. Um, you know, and I'm like, don't do that to my kid. (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh, and I, yeah, I just had to like, realize like I am reacting to my own wounds. Like they just loved seeing their friends when they went, you know, like that's all it was to them. Like we got to see our friends and like, like glue, puff balls on a paper or whatever, you know? And, um, 
And so I think we have to be careful as parents to not like react you know, go the opposite end and, um, and react or like react out of our own wounds. Um, and, um, and yeah, even in that, like, I just had to even get to the point where I'm like, my kids have the right and the freedom to become full on evangelicals if they want, you know, like this is their life. And so like, they, um, like if I tell them, you know, or shelter them, um, shelter them or tell them like you can't believe these things like i'm just doing it's the exact i'm just going to the opposite sure end, doing the same thing done yeah. to me um and, and so, you're making it 10 times more likely they do anyway right because right? that's how right? kids work Especially they will rebel in some way shape or form right exactly <laughs> yes yeah um and so i know like you talk a lot about dualism and mm. um and how it's really easy when we deconstruct to just go to the other end of and like this like us versus them so um you know like we we are still us versus them we're just on a different side you know now Mm -hmm. and that that's still not healthy um and i think especially raising kids it's so important to just um be open-minded and allow our children to grow into who they need to and to know that like that they have to uh, you know, they have to go through stages and, um, and they have to live their own journey. (laughs) Yeah. I guess that's something I was interested because you have, um, studied a bit of spiral dynamics. Um, you know, these models that we generally, when I'm talking about and speaking, I'm thinking about my own personal growth. I'm thinking about maybe like more societally, how we're like Mm -hmm. growing or, or, you know, movements and things. But when you break it down and look at an individual person, we all have to go through these kind of stage by stage. You as a a mother of young kids probably were much more um, able to connect with some of those early stages than I was, because it's been a while Mm -hmm. since I was a kid and I don't have kids. Um, But you're like, you're reading like warrior stage and you're going like, yeah, "Yeah, I've I've got some of those already right now. Or, you know, it's, it's, it's those kind of stages, but you know, that, that traditional stage where you're looking for certainty, safety, security, Mm -hmm. you're looking for a bit of boundaries. You're looking for some structure, Mm -hmm. something, some authority, some place to go to find answers or at least find some sort of um, structure to find answers within like that's a really normal part of growing as a human you know Mm -hmm. most parents realize when they come out of kind of like early um, childhood into kind of like the um, preteen age things like that that there is a a desperate need for a bit of stability and certainty you know maybe age seven through to kind of 11 12 they're they're going i want some stability i want to know what's going on and i'm going to trust you have some answers and i might ask a few questions but i really do trust what you're doing um how do you balance that component of of recognizing that's a need that children have they need a bit of stability they need a bit of structure um, cause I often think, I mean, even thinking of things like, yeah, when I have kids, like, I'm like, yeah, if them being an evangelical is what they need to form and to shape the way they need to get to, it was for me, Like, mm-hmm. h- how dare I go? That's not the way anyone else should grow or develop. I'd mm-hmm. rather I'd have found a different route to grow personally mm-hmm. <laughs> now looking back, but would I have been able to, I don't know. Like if I'd been put in that other environment, would I have grown to be the person I am? I don't know. Um, and so it's that it's, it's, it's being able to take enough of a step back and go, yeah, if that's what you need, yeah. sure. Like, how do you personally without, you know, going, oh, they need that. I'll send them to a very rigid, 
legalistic church or something and that can work it out um or i'll send them to a state school that's very black and white and you know this is how it works um Mm -hmm. when you're trying to create this openness how do you not give your kids like this existential crisis of uncertainty and there's no guarantees in the world and do you know what i mean by that there's got to be some sort of balance to find in that mix yeah and um yeah and i'll say like uh, being a parent you're always trying to figure that out <laughs> um mm. so there's definitely a sense where um and especially like coming from um the background that I came from I mean you're always also sometimes unlearning things so uh so I think this a little bit fits into like with um like discipline and feelings and so I'm gonna co- I'll go a little bit into those so mm. um actually one of the first ways I learned to listen to my own intuition my own self despite what the church said was to stop spanking like so everything that I was given in the church was that like spanking children is like is healthy not even just healthy but like to be a good Christian parent you should spank your kids and like it's not abuse because like you're you're calm when you do it and you know you you like only do it so hard and like you hug them afterwards this just sounds like a really abusive like person trying to like oh no no i'm really calm while i beat my wife and i give them a hug afterwards it's fine yes like it's like that whole like now when you like look back you're like what but like at yeah at the time i mean first of all like Mm -hmm. i was raised with it and then like there's you know i like a I took a class on it and I read a book on it and, and like everybody I know, this is like what they yeah. believe. And yeah. everybody is judging your kids and like how you're mm-hmm. raised is judging you and how you're raising your kids. And so like, um, yeah. So I started out like with my oldest, like I would spank her and like, I, um, yeah, I just like did, you know, everything I thought I was supposed to do. And, um, and I just like continually didn't feel right about it. Um, and so I just stopped doing it. Like, I was like, I don't feel right about this. Um, but it's a little scary because like spanking your kids is a great way to control your kids. And so like, you generally do have kids that like at a young age that are really great listeners and seem like, look really great to everybody. Um, because they're afraid, you know, they're really right. yeah, yeah, yeah. getting spanked. It works great. It's, it's a bit like the U.S. is a foreign policy, really, right? <laughs> yes, yes, yeah, it yeah. It works so, great. No <laughs> one's going to pick a fight with the U.S. But. Right? But not always healthy. Um, yeah, and I was like, you know, like, I want to raise healthy kids more. Like, and I, I, yeah, I just had to get to this point where I care more about my kids, like, being healthy mm. and feeling, like, okay with, like, you know, my actions than, um, than what everybody thinks about my kids. And, yeah. um, so yeah, so I just like, I, I just stopped thinking and, and then it was like, you know, learning how I had never had, um, like parenting modeled to me other than that. And like pretty much mm. everybody I knew that's what they did. So, uh, it was like learning how, how do I, um, you know, kids do things that they can't do, you know? So how do I respond to this? Um, and so, yeah. And I'm, I mean, I'm sure I I don't always do it perfectly still. And sometimes I'm still like, I don't know, this is the best way to do it, but I definitely, I've definitely learned a lot. And also I've realized like every kid is really different too. Yeah. So my third, I have all daughters. I have four daughters and my third is like full of emotions (laughs) and she, um, 
when she gets mad, she's like my screamer. So, you know, like I had two kids and I was like, this is easy, this parenting thing. And then like, I had my third and I was like, oh, (laughs) Um, and so she's the one that you're like afraid to take to the grocery store. Um, But uh, so she's six now. So she's like growing up and she's, um, yeah, she's like changing and um, she's a beautiful human. But I've like, you know, one of the things about like, not just having a hard, fast way of this is how you discipline every kid is that like, Mm. you get to know your kid. And so she, um, she just like feels so much emotions when she gets upset. And a lot of times it's her feelings are hurt is what really gets her upset. And she has two older sisters. So it happens a lot. Um, and she like needs to feel like she's destroying something when she gets mad. Mm. And so, um, so it's like learning how to like allow her to do that. But like, also I have, like, we have to have boundaries in that, you know, like you can't destroy your sister and, um, and you can't destroy like something your sister has worked like five hours making. Um, and so like, she knows her boundaries, which, um, so I like tell her, like, if you, like, if you need to throw something, you can throw something. If you need to punch something, you can punch something, but you're not allowed to hurt your sisters and you're Mm. not allowed to ruin somebody else's stuff. Um, so, um, she, like, she, yeah, it's funny. Like she actually, it's the weirdest thing when she gets upset, she like, kind of like, she just needs to feel like she has destroyed something, but she doesn't actually have to destroy something. So she will like, uh, like last week she, um, took the trash can. Like we have like a big rolling trash can and I watched her out the door or out the window and she like didn't push it over she like took it and she laid it over <laughs> and she like one time she That's like took, she, i know she has like all it's these like performative beads. theater it is so interesting <laughs> but she has like all these beads to make like um to make uh jewelry and she like took like all the colors and like threw like each color like separate on the steps so like all the reds were on one step and all like the purples are on another side so she didn't like just take organized them, like, chaos throw like, them yeah. yeah she could have just like gone through it. but like i think some of it is that she like want so so you know like i'm as a parent always like trying to figure out like what is it what is she trying to like, get across like i think some of it is like that she needs to like cms and i think some of it is that she needs my attention you know so like mm-hmm. she knows if she's like making a mess even if it's not like uh a crazy mess or whatever that like it gets my attention yeah. um and hmm. she also like she always has to clean up her mess when she's done and like this, this is, is why it's not a- too chaotic it's like fairly messy but it's like i could probably clean this right? up so, yeah, so it might play into it like i don't know because we've like we've just done this <laughs> since funny. i mean for a while at least like where like obviously like not like right when she finishes the mess we don't clean it up like sometimes it's the next morning but i'll be like okay honey like we need to go clean up the mess now. And, um, and I do it with her. Like I go and do Mm. it with her. Like I think the first time she was like, can you do it with me? (laughs) And, uh, and I was like, you know what? Like, this is a great way for me to show her love, but she's still Mm. responsible. You know, she needs to, to be part of this too. I'm not doing, I'm not cleaning all up for her, you know, but, um, but together we can do this. We can clean up together. Um, and yeah, you know, there are a lot of times where I think it would just be easier right now to just like spank her, and like Mm -hmm. not have a mess and have her stay in a room and like for her to know I am the authority and I don't like this. (laughs) Um, but like, 
but yeah, I don't like that doesn't feel good at all. I don't think right. like she's not learning anything through that other than that, like to be afraid of me, I guess, you know. Um, yeah. And so, um, yeah, so so I feel like I guess you asked about like boundaries and um, and also freedom. And I think like I that, that story kind of shows like how like yeah. I do put some boundaries but she also has some freedom to express those big feelings that she has inside mm. of her um and, and so outside of like discipline like we like I have um you know like there's times where um we will need to go somewhere and so I'll, I'll say like you have five minutes to be ready you know or um like there's times where like I want uh, I want them to wear a certain outfit for something, but I'll say like, you have these two options, you know? Yeah. Um, and, um, and so like, I think it's just like allowing them freedom, but also like that, like they have to recognize that there is still an authority because, um, partly because it's overwhelming for them to make, like to have 800 sure, hours to yeah. choose from or whatever, you know, or to know, like we could leave any time in the next hour. Like you decide, yeah. you know, I um, want all- someone to be that person for me today. I want, me too, you know, right? if I could have a person that would go, Hey Phil, here's your two outfits. I picked them out. Which ones you want? And, uh, <laughs> you need to leave in three minutes. Okay. Yes. <laughs> Sign me up. Where can narrow I find that? Down. Yeah. Like I still want to make a little bit of choices, but like narrow down for me some, right? Yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah. Mm. And then also, I mean, like there is a sense still where like, um, you know, I pay for their things and I drive them places, um, you know, and, and they, they can't do those things yet. And so, um, and like my oldest struggles the most with all, with all of these things, she just wants to be able to make all our decisions and, um, you know, and not have anybody tell her what to do ever. Um, and so uh, with her, a lot of times that we just have these discussions where I'm Mm. like, I'm like, um, you know, I, I can ask you to, to not do this because I paid for this, you know, and, and I, um, and I don't want to have to pay for another one, or, you know, I can ask you to, um, you know, to come to the store with me, even though you don't want to, cause you're not allowed to stay on your own yet. And, you know, and for now, yeah. this is the way it has to be. And, um, and so, you know, a lot of times I feel like it's just, um, like, reminding or talking about the fact that like that like this is how it has to be right now um because i you know i like you you can't have a job to make money and you you know can't drive yourself places yet so you have to have somebody that can do these things for you um and so yeah so um I think those are probably the ways a lot of times now I, i also have another story to share about that so my oldest um who i you know, continually say like, doesn't want authority and like, you know, wants to do things on her own. Um, a few weeks ago, like just, I don't know, maybe three weeks ago, not long ago. Um, so she has a lot of righteous anger in her. Um, and, uh, like I said, she's black and white. And so she just like, uh, so also knowing the Enneagram helped me with her because mm. I realized like that I am gray and she is black and white. And so even though we're similar in a lot of ways, that that is where we butt heads. And so it, it used to make me so mad how black and white she was because I just wanted her to be more gray, you know, and I just, and you know, I think, um, you know, we could also say going through the stages, like some of that is, is also like, she's 
going through some of those stages that she needs sure. to be more black She's and white. She's younger. It is a bit more black and white. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but since I have four kids, I also can see that she is just a very black and white person. And so um, I used to like, just be like, Sophie, that's wrong. Like you can't like, you know, it, it, that's not the only way you can see it. And, and I've learned to like have better wording. Like this is how she sees the world. Yeah. And she's not like, she'll, she'll be like, that's a, that's a dumb way to do that, you know, to her sisters. That's a, that's a, the wrong way to do it or whatever she says. And before it would make me so frustrated because like, I'm like, it's not wrong. Like, but like, I've been able to see now, like what she's seeing is like, this isn't the smartest way to do it. This isn't the fastest way to do it. And so being able to like speak into that, like, you are right, honey. Like this is actually a better way to do it. It's going to get it done faster, but it doesn't mean that they're wrong. They like their main goal in life isn't to be the fastest at it. They just mm. want to enjoy the process, you know, or, or whatever it is. And so helping her um, to helping her to see from another person's point of view, because yeah. it, um, it, that's hard for her to do on her own. But then also at the same time, not discrediting her and telling her you are completely wrong with how you see the world. Right. Um, because she's not wrong in what she's in what she's speaking, you know, sure. that, that it's the fact her priorities are different. Right. Yeah. I think that's, a, that's an older sibling thing. I'm like, I'm listening to your stories of your oldest and I'm like, that's me. I am the oldest sibling too. And also all the younger ones are idiots. Why are they doing it the right. wrong way? Why is it slow? Why is this stupid? Um, so I totally get that. It seems yeah. to me like there's, there's amazing parallels here as you're talking about this, um, the, the, maybe the old models of parenting and maybe some newer ones that, that people are becoming more and more aware of and experimenting with. And, and f- it feels like in a lot of ways, figuring out as we go along. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. There's a lot of parallels here in how church and faith has been done as well. It's just in mm-hmm. that very black and white. This is the way it is. Don't question authority. You know, we, you know, the, even the concept of you do something wrong, you get a walloping. Yeah, um, yeah. That might be a bit Scottish there, walloping. Um, <laughs> well, it's, it, that's God. That's yeah. not just the church. That The church is replicating their gods. And yes. these parents are replicating the, the being that they're worshiping, which is yeah. you cross the line, you get a good hit. Um, yep. and don't do it too many times because you know, four strikes and you're out. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And and trust me, this this hurts me more than it hurts me. Yeah. I love you yes. deeply, you know. Whatever. And I'm not saying it doesn't hurt parents to walk because yes. cause that isn't uh, a fun thing I can imagine. Um, I'm sure it's for some, and that might be something that needs to be looked at. But um, it's really interesting to me. I, I remember, um, so I'm Scottish. I live down in England now, but Scotland a couple of years ago made it illegal for um, uh, spanking kids. Oh, and yeah, quite a few yeah. countries throughout Europe have done this now. And it was a huge deal. It, it, it even was circulating around America. People were like, oh, look at these crazy, look what yeah. will happen if you become a godless heathen country, you <laughs> right. know, like you won't even be able to beat up your kids. And I'm like... <laughs> But but it was interesting because there was only one main kind of group that opposed this kind of um, governmental legislation, which is based on hard data. There is overwhelming okay. data that, that spanking kids uh, doesn't work and is yeah. really traumatic long term, yes. has mental effects and things like that. Like it's, it's quite fairly conclusive at this point that it's not the mm-hmm. best model. Um, I'm not saying it doesn't work. Like you said, it works. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, but to what end? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, do you yeah. want to create a terrorist that's going to come back and attack you one day? Um, <laughs> and <laughs> creating more parallels there. Um, but it's really interesting. The one group that was militantly against this was a coalition of different Christian denominations that had got together and it was parents against, you know, um, I don't even know what they were against, against not taking your kids. I don't know how they worded it. It didn't sound terrible. <laughs> what an um, interesting thing to find, but, right? But I was like, 
to me, I was like, gosh, the the world, the the world, right? The evil world that's not us Christians, they are going, maybe we shouldn't hit kids. Maybe we could do this more diplomatically. Yeah. Maybe we could talk to our kids. Maybe we could try and figure out what they want and maybe have some more healthy communication and stuff like that. And it's mm-hmm. the church that's going, no, we want the right to hit our kids. That's the right model. That's the godly model, the biblical model, whatever language you put to it. That's yeah. the Christian thing to do. Um, and just as you're explaining like how you've gone about it and how it's actually drawn you closer to your kid, it's helped you understand mm-hmm. them. It's helped you figure out how to help them understand themselves and grow and develop and figure out, oh gosh, when I get angry, I'm like, I'm destructive. Like, yeah. oh, cool. Maybe I should buy a punching bag, you know, you know, before yeah, I get married actually, or something. Yeah, actually that's on my list. Um, <laughs> <laughs> right, you know, but you, do you know what I mean? It's like, it's, it's just yeah. helpful things to know about yourself. Like, and yeah. I grew up not knowing a lot of these things because exactly. I was spanked, maybe not because I was spanked, but I can see yeah. that being a component. And and it definitely yeah. didn't work for me. I was the type of kid because I was very black and white. I was rebellious. I, I didn't give a crap. Hit me all day, dad. Yeah. Bring it. I am going to be <laughs> your worst nightmare for it. I would I would go back to my room with a red butt, uh, butt you know, and I would be, I'd be thinking in my head, oh, he's going to rue this day. One day, I tell you, he's going to just really, I, I'm sure he doesn't actually. I don't know. He's, um, he's, 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 I don't think my dad would be pro spanking anymore anyway, but it's just funny. Um, yeah. It just yeah. doesn't work necessarily. On, yeah. And maybe it works on a few people. And maybe it does. Well, and uh, I was the kid that it, like, it looked like it worked on because I was terrified of being spanked. Like, right. I actually have very, very few memories of ever being spanked mm-hmm. because I learned very early on. I do not want to be spanked. Um, not even like, I don't think because it hurt, but because like I wanted my parents to like be pleased with me. Yeah. Um, and so like being spanked meant like I disappointed somebody. Um, and so um but I see like how, so I, I can look back now and see how it's, it played into like me, like not knowing how to speak my own wants and needs and, um, and ever like speak against wrong. Like, you, yeah. you know, like if, like I actually, okay. So I am sure that this is not the only time I was ever spanked, but the only time I remember being spanked is when I got spanked for something that I didn't do. <laughs> Oh, wow. and I, but I like never said, you know, I never spoke up about it. Um, because like yeah, her child so, taking a bullet right, for someone. Right. I know. Like I mean, my sister deserved that one, um, but yeah, like That's I, so, so, so I think we do all respond to it differently, but like, I think for me, one of the big things was I just like, I learned to never speak up. Um, because yeah. I would like, I would rather just like, you know, not, not cause any, um, chance to get in trouble. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, so with, with the, um, I have a little bit more to say about the, uh, like balancing the Mm, giving them, uh, giving them like the space, um, to learn and then also having some authority. Um, my oldest daughter, she, a few weeks ago got, mad at me because I asked her, I think I asked her to like stop hitting her sister or something like that. Um, so she got mad at me and she, uh, I had a book in my hand, which is very normal. And she kept trying to take my book, um, like just grab it from me. And I thought she wanted me to like pay attention to her. Um, so I, but I said to her, I said, if, if you want me to put my book down, please don't take it from me. Please ask me and say, you know, I want you to put your book down right now. And she like, but she just like kept trying to take it. And she like gets this like mad look on her face. Um, and um, so 
she tried to take it like several times. And, um, and like, so the third time I, I reached out and I, I grabbed her wrist and she gets this big smile on her face. And I'm like, what's going on? Cause I kind of even felt like a little like bad about grabbing her wrist. Um, like I'm being too authoritarian. Um, <laughs> And I'm like, why are you smiling? And she's like, this is what I wanted. I wanted to wrestle. <laughs> and, and so like, That's I fun, realized, yeah. I learned like she wants, um, I, I was like, aren't you, like, are you afraid of me hurting you? Like, like my, I am not a fighter. Like I've, I said, mm. before, I'm a peacekeeper. And so like, I like my first and my third daughter, it's really hard for me to understand like how they like need to throw things, how they need to fight. Like, um, cause That's I'm not funny. like that. Um, but I realized through this, like that, like she, she trusts me to not actually hurt her, but she mm. wants me to show some authority by like wrestling with her, you know? So like, I, yeah. I mean, like I am stronger, so like, I don't really even have to do too much to like win. <laughs> um, but like, I'm not going to actually, like, she knows I'm not going to actually hurt her, you know? Sure. And it was such an interesting thing for me because it actually, like, I realized that like the, the spanking, like authoritarian, like wound in me, like makes me feel like I shouldn't like do that even, you know, like, like any, yeah. any way that I can like show authority over my kids physically is wrong. And, yeah. um, and so it was like a learning experience for me where I realized like, um, you know, not every kid necessarily, but this kid right here needs me to physically show her authority, but in a way that's safe, where I'm not actually going to yeah. hurt her, you know? Um, and it, yeah, it was just so interesting to, you know, to realize she's asking for me to show authority. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I, I like, get, I get panic about stuff like that. Cause I like, as a kid was like the least physical kid ever when it came to like wrestling with your brothers all that kind of stuff yeah. and it's like oh gosh no i couldn't think of anything worse i might accidentally like hurt my finger you know like i'm just <laughs> like no i don't want to do it um and so yeah I, I just i don't even know what where i begin wrestling with a kid i'm like oh are you kidding can't we just read a book together right, or yeah. like you know like watch some oh, netflix yes. let's go for a walk and talk you know that's like totally, what's wrong with you right? yeah that's totally how i felt i was like at I was like, I don't want to do this, <laughs> but, uh, but it really, it helped her like yeah. calm down and regulate. She was smiling. She was happy after. Um, mm -hmm. and it was, it was really interesting learning experience for me. And I think, yeah. um, uh, yeah, I have just learned so much about my kids by, um, not having like this hard, fast way for this is how we, you know, yeah. discipline every kid, or this is how we react in every situation. Um, my second daughter, she kind of just needs to be by herself. She's like, you know, the sweet, quiet child or whatever. Um, and so she like, just, it, it's interesting because often she wants to like be close to people, like touch and like be held and all those things. But when she's mad, she just wants to be by herself. Um, and she, she's she does her revenge. Yeah. Right. Probably. <laughs> right. And she doesn't throw things. Um, and, uh, yeah. So just like, um, and the thing is that I think is so important about this is that we are all going to grow into adults where we don't have yeah. parents over us and we need to know how to like regulate our feelings and, and yeah, have healthy gosh. outlets. And so, um, like if we are not given the time and space and ability to learn those as kids, we're, we're going to, be like toxic when we're older, yeah. you know? Um, and so we're either going to have to go to therapy or we're going to go like, you know, do something that puts us in jail, whatever it is, you know? 
Um, and you know, none of us parents are ever going to do it right. You know, so probably all our kids will have to go to therapy. Um, but, um, but whatever like tools we can give them as kids is just going to help them later. Um, and so, yeah, so, and, and so it's a joy for me to like learn my kids and, and know how they're all different, but I also just have faith that this is good for them. And it's, um, it's teaching them things now that they won't have to learn later or unlearn later. <laughs> yeah. No, it makes so much sense. I, I mean, thinking back to like you talking about as a Christian, you know, you're kind of taught like, oh, don't, don't have too many feelings. You know, like we kind of, yeah. we'll just stick with like the joy of the Lord and peace that yeah, transcends understanding. Right. Key point transcends understanding. Okay. So don't, don't overthink that one. Just be peaceful. Okay. We don't want to see anything right. else. Um, it, it feels like that's very much the, the kind of rote response for a lot of Christians. I know for me, Growing up, I wasn't taught about my emotions and how to navigate my emotions, how to feel. Both my parents were very um, emotionally reserved. It, it, certainly they had emotions, but they didn't show us their emotions. There was very much a like, no, we're great. Everything's wonderful. God loves us. Isn't life great? Um, but there's always stuff going on, you know, like, like my mom almost died. My dad had huge depression because of that and everything, but like it's still yeah. smile on the face and everything's yeah. great, isn't it? And, and so we weren't really given models. And so then when we felt really sad about maybe like, you know, mom being really ill or whatever, and it was still a thing of like, it wasn't, you know, I, my dad wasn't capable. His parents didn't teach him about, you know, his parents were like coal miners and like, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. it, it's, it's yeah. a whole nother generational yeah. gap, but like he's not sitting down going, Hey, Phil, what you're feeling right now is sad. And that's really normal. And this is how it can look. And this is what we have to do. Sometimes when we work through sadness, we have to figure out a way that we can process it. Like that was not my upbringing. Right. Yeah. And, and, and so, and then I'm like, God knows how fucked up I am. I, I, I don't know how I deal with my emotions. Most of the time I'm very disconnected from my emotions, trying to work on that. And, and I do think for, a lot of Christians there's a there's a barrier right from the offset because we haven't been taught to engage with our emotions to process stuff you know a lot of us have a whole bunch of trauma and all sorts mm-hmm. of stuff that we're bringing out of um, our, our faith backgrounds um, not always in, intrinsically linked with the Christianity yeah. but often I think very yeah. very much influenced by Christianity yeah um, how how did you go about you know because it sounds like on some level you were kind of at least there was an attempt to shut down a lot of your emotional responses yeah. and, and your emotionality. Is that a word? Emotionality? Yeah. I don't know. Um, how did you go about, because I presume for you to be bringing up kids that are connected to their emotions, you have to do some internal work on that as yourself as well mm-hmm. on some level. Yeah. Is, is that is that fair to say? And, and yeah, can definitely. you speak to that a bit? I think so. Yeah. So I, I've actually seen a therapist. I've done therapy. I, I still see her not, um, not as often, but um, I, that was amazing for me. So I have had some bad experiences in the past with counselors, partly because, um, like, I think Christianity kind of like, you know, like the best, like you should go see a pastor to be your counselor or whatever, you know? Um, yeah. and so I, um, go see this person with no training in counseling. Right. To be your counselor. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So, uh, yeah. So anyways, I was kind of, um, specifically when I actually started studying the Enneagram, um, and like realizing some parts of myself that I thought were healthy and realized weren't, um, I, yeah, I was like, you know, I think that I need to see a counselor. And, um, I, uh, I, I have had, I researched a lot, found a counselor. I thought I'd really like, I do. I love her. She's amazing. And she really, really helps me. So, um, I, 
it's really, it feels really safe for me to stay in my head. And I love to be in my head and like, just, you know, with knowledge and facts and everything. Um, and, um, it like, I struggled to even get into my feelings. And then also I still struggle to feel like they aren't safe or they can't be trusted. And, um, when, so actually it's one of the things I ask her to help me. Like every time I see her, like help me get into, you know, my feelings. And, um, yeah. And I think like, it's been so, so helpful for me. So like when she started to do it, I actually would like feel myself like disassociating, like trying to like go right back up into my mind and like, or like, Mm. you know, to some Island, like, because I like immediately, like my, my body is telling me this is wrong, that your feelings can't be trusted. Um, and so I have actually done some like good work to learn how to trust my feelings and, um, and to get into them. Like, I just, I, I couldn't really even do it on my own. Um, I've also read some books on like trauma and feelings and, um, yeah. And, you know, read, find things online and stuff about it too. Um, and so I do think, I think if we've been raised, um, with that framework, like, uh, like I was, and I think a lot of people that grow up in evangelicalism, um, where feelings are bad or they can't be trusted. I do think we have to do some work. I mean, because we are fighting something that our body has accepted, you know, that this, that this is bad. These things are bad. Um, and I think so I have some friends that it's just easier for them to be in their feelings than for me. I think some personalities can, can do that better. And so for them, it might just be like, um, coming to the conclusion that it's okay to be in their feelings, you know, like yeah. just like learning and, and, um, and seeing the beauty in that where they already know how to be in them. They just need to, to know that, that that's a beautiful thing. Um, and then, mm-hmm. but for other personalities like myself, like we actually have to learn, like have somebody help us learn how to even get into our feelings. You know, obviously everybody can to an extent, but like, but I, was so good at like escaping them as soon as I felt myself yeah. getting to them, like just dissociating that um, it was actually like some real work with another person for me to learn how to, how to do it and how to feel safe in it. So, um, I, and I think it's so important. I mean, especially, I mean, I think it's just important for ourselves. Like I, I am such a better person now because I can do that. Um, and I feel like I know myself more fully and, um, uh, yeah, like I'm a more whole person. Um, but I think especially if we're raising kids, that's something that we have to learn to do and to be comfortable with, or otherwise we won't Mm. be able to with our kids. Yeah. Yeah. It feels like it's, it's a a cyclical thing that has to be broken. I can recognize that my inability to deal with emotions comes from my parents' inability to deal with emotions, Mm -hmm. which I can see in their parents, you know, like, it's, yeah, it's like, yes, yeah, we can yes. see how this is going. And at some point the cycle has to break. Right. And, and, yep. and history has told us so far that it doesn't break itself. Yeah. Something, yeah. someone has to get, you know, get up and do something. You have to go do some therapy, get some, you know, help, you know, start talking about this with your partner or whatever it is and try and like do the work. Um, and so I think it's just a really interesting um, component that I think a lot of us, don't recognize how some things have influenced us throughout our, our Christianity, our upbringing, our, our, within these kind of conservative backgrounds. A lot of the time we can see very obvious things. Oh, 
teaching kids that, you know, you're going to burn in hell forever if you don't say a prayer. That's really tough. I'm never going to do that with my kids. And it's like, okay, that, that cycle's broken. Great. But actually yeah. it can be really subtle things that like, oh, no, I'm just not that in touch with my emotions. And it's like, yeah, mm. because of this, yeah. but would you have been able to be? <laughs> like, And yeah. do you want your kids to just inherit that natural tendency and for them to say, oh, yeah, I'm just not that in touch with my emotions? So like, Or do you want it to change? Do you want that to um, to break? I think that's a... Yeah. And that's really admirable that you, you, you know, you've noticed that you've gone to therapy, you've done the work like that. That's, and, and you continue to do the work as well is, is a really yeah. um, huge thing. And I think a lot of parents, there's a lot of kids out there that are shut down and not doing well because their yeah. parents are shut down and not doing well. Right. And um, yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's and, and I think that it takes, that takes time too, which is I think why it sometimes feels like easier and safer to, um, to not, deal with feelings, you know, yeah. or like, I mean, like, you know, to go back to spanking, like it's such, it's such a quick way to deal with something really um, yeah. where like really dealing with all the emotions, allowing them to have them talking, talking to my kids about their emotions. Um, it, it's time consuming. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and it's just like hard sometimes, you know, like, especially as somebody who, um, has had to do work to be in my own feelings. Like I, I don't want to always be in their feelings too, you know? Yeah. Um, and so um, I do think it's, um, it's a job. Um, and at first it's, you know, if it's not something we've done, it's going to be uncomfortable. It's going to, you know, not be our favorite way to spend our time. And, um, you know, and I can't, and we don't always have the time, you know, every time yeah. if we have more we don't have the time every time to get into all the emotions, but I think as much as we can allow them to voice what they're feeling and to, um, to talk through it, to feel it is, um, just helping them to, um, to grow into healthy people. Mm, yeah, no, it's huge. I mean, talk to me about time as well. So this is something that fascinates me because I have no time ever. And I realize <laughs> I have the most time I'll ever have until probably I'm retired at this point, right? You know, like mm -hmm. we, we always think, God, I'm so busy. I'm so full of whatever. But the truth is like, generally speaking, as things move forward, we're only going to have less time. <laughs> like things yeah. get more hectic. We have more things to our life. I'm sure when I have a kid or two, I'll realize, oh my God, I had so much free time. What was I doing mm -hmm. with all this free time? Um, you know, but there is a component of, I mean, you're, you're homeschooling as well. I mean, you don't even yeah. get to like send them to school and be like, oh gosh, some breathing time. Like you, you, like, how do you manage time? How do you navigate mm -hmm. all that kind of stuff? Because that seems to me, that terrifies me. When I think about being yeah. a parent, I'm like, oh my God, I struggle to get all the things I need done, done. How do I do that with children running around demanding a lot? Because kids require, yeah. like you're saying, it's a full-time job, this thing. Mm -hmm. It's not like, a, you don't get to do it like three hours a week and be like, ah, it's not, that was a pretty good week. I'm sure they'll be fine. Like, that's yeah. not likely to happen. <laughs> Um, yeah. 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 So, I mean, obviously it looks a little bit different for all parents for myself. Um, I guess the, the helpful thing is that I like follow the Christian path and like had my kids young. So it's, you know, mm. I didn't have a lot of freedom before that. Although I do remember okay. when my first was a newborn that just like sitting on the couch and crying, thinking like all I was going to do the rest of my life was breastfeeders. <laughs> <laughs> um, because it is, yeah. I mean, it is like, even if I, you haven't had a lot of freedom before it is, you know, like you realize quickly, like this is consuming. Yeah. 
Yeah, um, this is at least 20 years of my life now. <laughs> right, right. So, uh, yeah, my youngest is four now, so I'm like counting down. <laughs> no more babies. Um, yeah, I think, um, so I, I have a mixture of an answer. I think um, like at, w- when you're from a fundamentals background, you have a belief that like being, especially being a mother, um, but being a parent like is like, the highest calling. And like, I mean, literally like books and books are written Mm. about how like motherhood is the highest calling you can ever have to like raising disciples and stuff. Um, and while I think there's like an aspect of that, that is, um, like is beautiful that like, we really do get to impact these kids. And, um, uh, I also think it can like really be it too much of a weight. Like mm. <laughs> this isn't all I have to be, you know, I don't yeah. only have to be a mother just because I am a mother. And so I think, um, that has been a bit of a learning process for me to like, to, to accept that it is okay for me to have other passions and to ask for help when I need it, um, you know, to take breaks. Um, so, yeah. So, I mean, I definitely have an aspect of that where, uh, you know, I, I ask grandparents for help and, um, I, you know, have all the kids go outside and stay outside and, and uh, you know, ask Lock them to all sit down. Yes. Right. Um, they always find a way in, um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah. So, I mean, I think that we, uh, and, and we live in this age where like, you know, everybody's afraid to, to like, give their kids too much freedom. And so, um, we have, we have several different things coming at us as parents where like, we just like can have a death grip on them and they can become our whole life. And, um, and so I, um, I think there's an aspect where I've had to learn, like, what do I need in order to be my own human, you know, apart from my kids to be able to grow, to be healthy, to be happy, um, and yeah, and I think like some parents, I would say probably I need that less than others. Cause obviously I'm homeschooling the kids and with them mm-hmm. quite a bit. And, um, and so that's going to look a little different for everybody. And I think like, we just need to like have grace with what that is for mm. ourselves and our family. Um, I think there's another aspect though, where we get to learn with our kids. And so like, especially for me with homeschooling, like a lot of, um, my like decolonizing has been because I have kids, which is really Mm. cool. So like we learn together a lot. Um, I like, so I actually write my own curriculum for my, for my homeschool too. I'm like hardcore. Um, so I choose all our history books and I am very passionate about giving them, I mean, I'm in America. So giving them honest American history, you know, like they're going to really know about slavery and, Mm -hmm. um, and about like, uh, colonization and what we did to indigenous people. And, um, we were studying the 1800s this year. So we read about the trail of tears and it wasn't just like a little textbook, like paragraph. We read reading through Joshua. Yeah. Right. Exactly. (laughs) Right. It all connects. It really all connects, you know? Um, it's good for them to see that we progress and that they can be part of this chain. So, um, yeah, so I, um, I put a lot of time into finding like good books to, um, and you know, we study more than just history, but history is just such an easy, um, area to like 
to zone in on, um, to say like, even, even if you don't homeschool, I think like we all know like what the public school is giving. Cause like, I mean, I went to a public school and it's funny. It's so funny to me when Christians say like public schools are indoctrinating our kids. Cause I'm like, <laughs> Dude, like, I mean, that's we, what Christian schools do, right? I mean, yeah. that's also what they do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, like they, we barely, um, like we barely touched on like real slavery. I mean, I feel like we talked way sure, more about yeah. like Abraham Lincoln, like freeing slaves and actually talking about how like horrible slavery was. And I like, didn't know anything about the atrocities we did against indigenous people, you know? And yeah. so like, um, it was all very like, um, like whitewashed and, you know, uh, watered down. And, um, I, like I will say kids can handle a lot. Mm. And so sure. There is a little bit of, uh, discretion we have to show, you know, like, I mean, we, we read adult books and, you know, they're not, they're not going to read it and listen to exactly the same things as us, but, um, but they can handle a lot. And so, um, my, daughter who is nine. Um, and then my seven-year-old daughter is doing some as well. Um, they, they just have had a pretty honest history upbringing so far. And I think even if you don't homeschool your kids, you can get some of these kinds of books and read them with your kids. Um, and you know, every, every country has it. I, um, we started British history this year with, um, my oldest daughter and, um, So we're doing that alongside American history. And so we read about the Peterloo massacre recently, which was like 1820-ish. And um, basically it's like where the Whigs and Tories didn't want the people like overthrowing them. And so they just like sent out a stampede of people to like control the masses. And instead they like killed 200 people or something. Um, And so like we see, um, you know, in all of history that like this like silencing of the oppressed or of certain people. And I think, uh, I think, yeah, it's so good for kids to like, see that because like my oldest daughter, she like, like I said, she has this like righteous anger in her. And so she's already starting to like build this like real framework for like wrongs that have been done. And then, um, I also like try to give my, like, let my kids know some of the current events going on. Mm. So, um, like when George Floyd was murdered, like I told my girls about it. And um, so they know that some of this stuff is still going on, that race still is um, having an impact on people's actions. And um, yeah, and ultimately like as a white family, like my kids can be sheltered from a lot of this stuff. And I live in sure. Indiana. So like, <laughs> so my kids can really be sheltered from a lot of it, but, um, I, yeah, I'm choosing to not shelter them. I don't want them to be sheltered from it. I want them to, um, know the kind of world that they are growing up in and to be a part of change in whatever way that means for them. Mm. Um, so, uh, I'm trying to think like, what your original question was. Oh, it's, it's fine. We've, we've transcended that. We're just going, okay. We're just, we're, we're going, just going great. on. I, I guess so, I'm just aware of time as well. So we've got about 15 minutes. Yeah. So, but did you have something? You I have, yeah, to I have a few yeah, more things. So let me, yeah, cool. I, um, so I, I think books are so important and, um, I think especially, um, like giving our children good history books and giving our children like multicultural books 
Yeah. Um, it just takes some work. And so I think like, that's an, an important thing for all parents to do. So even if you're not like me, which is most of your audience and you're not homeschooling, um, those are things that you can do like, uh, you know, at nighttime, or if your kids are reading on their own, you can just do a little mm-hmm. bit of research and find the books and, you know, uh, and, you know, allow them to read more than, um, you know, just like the typical books on a white kid or whatever, um, yeah. that they're, or, or just the like textbook version of history that they're getting at school. Um, so, um, I, I think that raising children, healthy children, raising children, um, to, uh, be a part of this world, that that's something that one way that we can really, help uh raise children that are aware and that are like ready to um to really care um so that's something that i do a lot of um i also wrote i had a few more stories that i just thought knowing that you know most of us are uh deconstructed and coming from backgrounds where we were just given like all the answers um these are stories that speak to that so um, I was talking with my daughter. A lot of my stories come from my oldest because she just, you know, she has a lot of opinions and she's older. So <laughs> we have great discussions, but, uh, we were, I was sitting with her outside this summer and she, we were talking about something and she was like, mom, what are we? And I realized she was talking like politically. And so, um, not I existentially, was, like, you know, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. What, what is this? <laughs> right? Well, I'll let you figure that out and you tell me. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I realized it was kind of out of the blue, but I realized then that she was actually talking like politically. So she was, she's actually already somehow gained this idea that like, we are either, you know, I'm in America, we are either Republican or Democrat. Mm-hmm. And but that is, that is the framework I grew up with. Like if I, if yeah. you were a Christian, you are a Republican is what I grew up with. And there was like, I mean, it was married. There was no thinking through it. And, um, and so it was just such a good discussion for me to like, I, I just said to her, I said, we are not anything. And say, so when you are old enough, when you're 18, you can vote and you get to decide that, you know, you get to study uh, what they stand for and know what you believe is right and vote based off of that. And, um, you know, you don't have to do it. You don't have to decide the same way I've decided. Um, and I think that, uh, it was such a neat conversation to have because I think that, um, I grew up literally like everybody that I really intimately knew, like all voted the same way and all said it was like tied with your beliefs And, um, so just already giving my kids like that ability to like, think beyond that, to like, think not only, um, to be able to separate the two, Mm. um, but also to realize like that they get to think for themselves, that they don't have to do what I do. Um, and, um, and I, yeah, and I really even like feel excited about that. And so now she knows like, people that are voting, you know, obviously elections coming up here. So it's talked about a lot right now. And so she knows people who are voting on both sides and Mm -hmm. she likes to talk about it. And it's just like, it's been really good discussions. And I think like we, um, we need to, uh, 
I mean, if our kids show interest in this, like, yeah, like let's talk to them about it, Absolutely. but not as in like, this is the way you have to believe, or this is how it's done. Right. Not to like, correct them and make sure they vote our way. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> not even, you know, if you flopped, you know, like, and, um, like it's still, we still always have to be careful of that dualism. Um, mm. and, and not that I don't ever share my views. I mean, like she wants to know my views, you know, but always to like offer them as like, this is what the conclusions I've come to. And this is where I stand right now, you know? And, um, and this is how I'm voting this year or whatever it is, you know, but, um, but never as like, this is the right way. This is the only right way. This is how you have to do it. This is, if you're a real Christian, this is how you do it, you know? Um, and so, mm. yeah, I think that's been a really neat opportunity. Uh, we also had, I also had an instance where, I was reading a book with them that um, it was, I think a book on South America. So we've been just studying South America and it talked about evolution. And um, uh, I don't have to like skip those parts of the book now when I read them. <laughs> um, and uh, it, we started like an interesting discussion on evolution um, because there, you know, there's different like levels of believing in evolution. Mm. And so like, um, you know, like, do you believe that we all came from one organism or, you know, do you just believe that things have slowly changed over time, whatever it is, you know? And, um, and yeah. And so it allowed for us to have this interesting like discussion. And like, I, I think like the book was talking about how, um, like how we all came from one organism. And I actually, I actually don't believe that still. Um, but my daughter was like, I think it actually makes a lot of sense. And she just starts like sharing why and like, you know, things that you can see like came from other things. And, mm -hmm. um, and it was just really like, like I'm sure in five years, she's going to think differently, you know, like she's going to keep building on these thoughts, but it was just like really neat that like, first of all, we, we disagreed in it. She didn't feel like she had to like believe exactly the way I did. Mm -hmm. um, and she was just really like kind of working it out in her mind. Like, actually, I think like this, you know, this kind of makes sense. And these are why, um, and so, um, like continue like seeing the ability for my kids to be able to like build their own framework. Um, mm. it's been one of the neatest, neatest things I've experienced. Yeah. And, um, and I think like, I'm to the point now where it's not, it's not scary for me. Um, and I, and I know like, they're just going to keep changing and, um, you know, growing and building on what they know. Uh, I had one other story that, um, is about, hell. So, um, I, I actually don't remember how this conversation came up, but, um, but I was with my two oldest daughters and they started asking like, do you, do you really think like everybody's going to hell? And, uh, and they, like, they've gone, they have gone to church and stuff. And so right. like, they do know some of this theology and stuff. Um, and, um, yeah. And it just made for a great discussion how they actually started like sharing their own thoughts. And like, um, my oldest is just like, I just like, I don't think God would do that. And I don't think he would send people to hell. And, um, and it's, it's kind of like, like, maybe we should listen to kids a little more, you know, <laughs> like, um, like they, you know, like they just are like, they're just able to see a fully loving God and like what, mm you know, and share what really feels right to them. Um, and I, I think that's, yeah, that's been really good for me too, because sometimes I'm able to even see 
the ways that um, I have not been able to, like I've had blinders on, you know, and I haven't been yeah. able to see fully. And so sometimes they like help me see things more fully. It's beautiful. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It must be very um, rewarding because I think this is the thing that gets in my head is like, have you seen this great movie, um, Captain Fantastic, I think it is, but a guy who like um, I goes out and... That. Yes. You need to watch it. It's I really great. It. He like homeschools all his kids and like does and and he's got very radical views. Um, okay. And but there's a point in it where you know there's a realization of like oh all my kids aren't going to hold exactly my radical views and he loves yeah. that they do and then there's a bit where you wake up and go oh actually I might be just kind of shaping people into being me but that's yeah. not teaching them to be free thinkers and whatever. And, and, and it must be very rewarding when there is an element of us that goes, I want these kids to have freedom to make their own decisions, but kids are generally speaking going to go, but mom thinks that, so it's probably right. So yeah. I'll believe that. And it must yeah. be really rewarding when they do get to the point where they go, yeah, but mom might not be right sometimes. And actually yeah. what well, that doesn't make sense. Like, so I think this, and even if they're, it's ludicrous, right? Even yeah. if it's like, so clearly there's a Santa Claus. I don't know what she's talking about, you know, whatever <laughs> that is. Um, you might be like, yeah, sure. There's a Santa Claus. Great. You've, yeah. you've you've figured it out kid well done um but it must be very rewarding on some level for you to be like oh it's working these kids yeah. are actually not just parroting what i'm saying not just looking to go oh what does mom think and i'll just agree with that or, or whatever other maybe authority maybe they go oh grandma says this so that must be right or whatever yeah. um that must be a really great moment a very scary moment as well because it might yeah. come down to going i think trump's great and you're like oh my god i hate trump or whatever or biden or <laughs> yeah. whatever your political persuasions are right exactly whatever right. whatever's the big thing for us today yeah um but it's, it's really interesting i guess if you got a few minutes is that all right if we go a little yeah, over yep, i'm good yeah sure. mm-hmm. i guess i just wanted to ask so because this is really fascinating to me and this is something that i think a lot of people struggle with in this area of trying to raise kids to think for themselves to do their own thing you obviously have made the choice to read your kids the Bible, to, mm-hmm. you know, expose them to kind of like some of your Christian um, heritage, some of your Christian mm-hmm. perspectives. And you, you kind of said you've kind of landed on liberation theology and things like mm-hmm. that. Um, how do you wrestle with that concept as well in that um, do you ever think, God, what if I'm just repeating the, 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 the last generation's kind of era where I'm now just bringing my kid up in this kind of like this world of, you know, christianity but just a different type of christianity or or a different mm-hmm. type of spirituality i mean I, I it could work for anything right so some people come completely out of christianity and they become an atheist but then how do they mm-hmm. know they're not just raising their kid in an atheist bubble and or yeah. uh, agnostic or spiritual or new age or whatever it might be yeah. do, do you do you go out of your way because in my head i'm like oh i'll just go out of my way and i'll expose them to like every idea at po- you know i don't even know that's possible but you know i'll teach my mm-hmm. kids about new age stuff and what the muslims think and what like but that seems on some level as well, really kind of unattainable and, and complex to do as yeah. well. How do you, how do you navigate that thinking? I want to instill like healthy spirituality, morality, these kind of things that can mm-hmm. be really formative and important to hold, but I don't want to like lock them in um, yeah. to go, this is the only way. And actually there are like very different views, like a bit like how you're saying, well, I don't have to blur out, like the censor out and score out the yeah. bits on evolution in my textbook anymore. Like, in the same way, it's like, oh, I don't have to score out the bits that mention the Quran or Muslims yeah. or Hindus mm-hmm. or whatever. How do you approach things like multi-faith and things with your kids and, and broader yeah, spirituality yeah. than just your spirituality? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So I would say like, I think one of the things is like, because my heritage is Christianity, like it's obviously what I know the most about. It's what I'm mm. familiar with. 
So um, I, I did, I like took a world religions class in college, but obviously like Christian was the right one. So like, uh, so it wasn't maybe like the most <laughs> you fair. You just know why all the other ones are wrong. <laughs> right. Yeah. It might not have been the most fair presentation. Um, I also, I, yeah, I also own the Quran now. So I'd like to like actually read it some um, for myself. And so I feel like in some ways, like I'm like, I'm still like early on in my own journey of like mm. understanding other religions, like where I, um, I can't speak too fairly to them. Um, but so I, I think the most important thing is that we always like hold things loosely with our children. So like, um, I think what is harmful is when, I guess like we're indoctrinating when we're like telling our kids, like, this is the only way you can believe this is the only way you can get to heaven. This is the only way you can be right. Um, for, for me, that's like where I've landed. Like I'm not okay doing that with my kids. Um, so like I, um, and I mean, and I'm even okay. Like telling my kids like, this is, this is where I've landed as long as they know like that they are allowed to land somewhere different. Mm. And um, so I think that's like the, the healthiest thing that we can do with our kids is to like give them freedom, freedom to think yeah. differently, freedom to read different things, you know, that maybe like, um, you know, we are a little uncomfortable with or we haven't read yet uh, or, or yeah, that we don't understand yet ourselves. Um and so like, I fully expect at least my oldest to like be smarter than me in like 10 years <laughs> um, because she has so much freedom to, um, to explore whatever, you know, I even like the thing about Christianity is they even box in what you can read, um, you know, like there's a, a Christian yeah. market and this is what's okay to read. And, uh, and so um, I like, we do. Okay. So we have, study we we started like when we started american history we started like the earliest that we could um and so we have studied the indigenous people quite a bit um and so we've encountered like we've read their legends and we've encountered their um yeah their religion and um we've also read mythology and so like that's religion, you know, too, like, um, where, um, I, I think like, I think it's easy to feel like when, when we deconstruct for it to feel like, like I, I want my kids to like have everything, you know, like to not be Mm. boxed in at all. Um, but we also have to like understand our limits of knowledge and we don't want to give our kids like knowledge that we actually aren't knowledgeable about. And so like, I, uh, like I would rather like my kids um, learn about another religion from somebody that like actually, you know, is sure, yeah. a Muslim or is Hindu or whatever, you know, because they're the ones that can fully speak to that. And so I don't, I live in Indiana. I don't always have that option of having a neighbor, you know, that, that yeah, yeah. I often do not have that option. Um, but um, you can, I think you can do that. I think the the best option is always with some, a real person. But if you don't have that, I think you can also get books that are like, they have like own voices um, books, which are like books that are actually written by the people that, you know, believe it or um, grew up as it or whatever, you know, the books about. Mm. Um, And so I like when, when I read books about American Indians, I get books by American Indians. (laughs) Like, um, 
as much as I can, you know, every now and then, every now and then, but I, I do, I use websites to make sure that they are approved by um, indigenous people, even if they are not wrote by them. But um, yeah. I think that um, like just trying to expose our kids to as much as we are able, wherever we live, you know, so it's going to look different if you live inner city than if you live rural or if you live, you know, whatever country you live in is, it's always going to look a little different, but whatever, like um, whatever we have at our fingertips that we can expose our children to, to allow our kids to be a part of that. So like mm. um, I live in a very white area. And so I have to go out of my way to expose my kids to black people. And um, I mean, yeah, really like anybody that's very different from us. And, but I, I do, I try to find those ways that I'm able to. Um, and so I think, I think that that is beneficial for our kids. Um, but yeah, so as far as like religion, I think, um, I do, I do desire for my kids to, um, be able to explore other religions. Um, I think, I think unless you put a ton of time into it on your own, um, like maybe like, you know, the time of life you're in where you don't even have kids yet and you could do that. Um, I think that you, you can't really probably do that too young. Um, like I'm just not, yeah, I just don't have the knowledge to like really do it with my kids right now, but like when they're, when they're able to like read on their own more and do that, um, like probably high school and thinking, um, I would love them to do that. There's the book that, um, has like six different creation stories, I think in it, um, that I'll probably use with my kids in like a couple of years. Um, just, yeah. So that they're just aware, like there's other stories that are like our creation story and like, what, how are they similar and how are they different? And these are ancient stories too. You know, they weren't like just created, uh, you know, to, (laughs) to be like our creation story, you know? Um, and, and why, yeah, I, I mean, honestly, like understanding that there are other creation stories that are similar has only like expanded my understanding of, um, God and the world. And it's, uh, you know, like it hasn't, um, hasn't been a bad thing. So, yeah. um, yeah, I think like setting our kids off on this path where they can feel safe and free to explore and know, um, whatever they want. And then also to, um, to not like demonize other people, you know, so to give them a healthy worldview of people that are different from us in whatever ways we can. Yeah. That's beautiful. I absolutely love it. Oh, thank you so much. Uh, Honestly, it's been absolutely fantastic. I've loved it. Um, I really appreciate you sharing your wisdom and your insight and, and your journey as well. Um, you know well done like honestly this is that's <laughs> to, to 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 hear where people start and and where people are and, and i think man i know i'm not my my um biggest supporter i can be my worst enemy a lot of the time and go oh but you need to do this and you need to do that and you could be doing this better but like hearing someone like you bringing up four young girls with freedom with grace with love um you know not spanking figuring out okay how can i go about this more um healthily and it's going to be more work for me and it's going to take more time and it's going to require more effort from me and i'm going to have less free time and um you know and i'm probably going to 
be pulling my hair out a little more than I would have if I just got to get whack them around the butt and move on, you know, but, but I want to do this right. I want to do this as best I can. I want to do it in a healthy way. I want to raise great kids. Like that's a really admirable and amazing thing you're doing. And to be doing it in homeschooling is, is all the more amazing. Cause I, I tell you, I, I, I have fantasies about homeschooling sometimes. And then I'm just like, no, no, no. not a chance. I don't want to. <laughs> it is for sure something- not for everybody. The public school no, system I, I really is don't amazing. think so. <laughs> um, yeah. And I think, you know, like whatever is, whatever is right for you, like you can raise amazing kids in yeah. all different kinds of homes. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I say, I say that it's because my wife is a teacher. So I'm like, in in a sense, what I'm saying is I have a fantasy that my wife will probably do most of that heavy lifting of actually doing the teaching. And I'll probably just come in and break them occasionally by teaching them (laughs) something ridiculous. Um, So that's really what I'm thinking of with homeschooling. It's like, you got the master in English. Can I teach them some sort of crazy philosophy at the age of six that will give them some sort of existential terror? Great. Let's do this. Um, No, it's, it's a, it's really admirable, honestly. And I really appreciate you taking the time to share and, um, thank you. And Thanks yeah, for having and me. To help. So how can people connect with you if they want to, um, find out more, if they want to follow you in your journey, if they want to reach yeah. out to you, is there, is there ways people can do that? Um, yeah. So on Instagram, I am little women farmhouse and, um, I mostly use Instagram to like talk about homeschooling and parenting. So, um, I think like, I think that, the way I homeschool goes hand in hand a lot with parenting and like just raising kids to be thinkers and Mm. um, world changers and stuff. So I like to talk about that on my Instagram page um, and post cute pictures of my kids, Um, but usually with something inspirational. Um, And then um, I do have a blog. I don't use it a lot. It's very heavily um, homeschool related, but there is a post that could be helpful. So I'll mention it. Um, so my blog is littlewomenfarmhouse.com. So fairly easy to remember, but, um, and actually if you go to my, um, my Instagram, you could link to this, but I have a post that I did with, um, uh, like more inclusive history books where I like, um, I have like the titles and pictures of books that we have used for history, Mm. um, to, um, to better cover, uh, black history in our, in America specifically, because that's where I live. Um, and also, um, indigenous history. And I, I, it's literally my passion is that, um, is like researching and finding those books. And so, um, like what I share has, um, a lot of research into it. And then I also share links at the end of that post to like, um, so if somebody's like looking for like, um, uh, like the website I use to find which books are recommended by indigenous people. Like I link to that website and I link to like um, a website for where I get a lot of my um, good book recommendations from a black mom. Um, So yeah, so that, that post might be helpful for some of your um, listeners. And then also if anybody like wants to reach out to me about book ideas, like that's, my passion area, especially like, I mean, for myself too, I read a lot for myself, but, um, I have read a lot of like anti-racism books this year, um, and history books, but, um, especially for kids, if you're like, I, I think it's, that's just a hard area for a lot of people to know, like, how do I find the good books for my kids, especially that aren't, um, just like the classics, you know, that are written yeah. by white men. <laughs> um, and it's, it's my passion area. So I'm happy to always talk about it and that's give awesome. recommendations about it. 
Awesome. Well, people hopefully will take you up on that. I'm sure there are plenty of people that have messaged me about stuff like that. And I've gone, uh, I don't know. Yeah. I don't um, read children Google? books. <laughs> um, yeah, believe it or not, <laughs> I probably should. Um, it'd be a bit more aimed at me, uh, I think, sometimes. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so I, I have no doubt people will be listening to this and going, oh, great. I have a resource. I have someone I can connect to. And so um, great, I really yeah. appreciate you making yourself available in that way. Um, but yeah, thank you so much. I'll let thank you know you. when this goes live. I'm, I'm not sure when it'll be. It'll probably be the beginning of November. Looking okay. at the calendar. Um, but I'll, I'll let you know. Um, right. And yeah, I'll, I'll, you can brace yourself for uh, whatever that looks like. I'm sure not much. A few people's messaging you. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah, thank yeah. you. Um, yes. But yeah, no, it'd be great. And, and I'll let you get back to your day. And you got great. a busy day ahead of you. Uh, not too much. It's yeah. It's our, like our last nice day here. We're going to dip down in colder weather. So I'm going to try to get outside. Nice. <laughs> Wonderful. Yeah. Awesome. Well, well enjoy. thank you, Phil. Great. Yeah, you too. of course. It was great to meet you. Yes, you too. <laughs> All right. Love you. Catch you there. Bye. Bye. All right. So that was Alicia Miller. I would encourage you to check her out on Instagram. It's Little Woman Farmhouse, and her blog is littlewomanfarmhouse.com. Um, like she mentioned in her blog, she's got great resources for people that are homeschooling. It might even be very helpful for you if you're not homeschooling, but you just want to be um, even more intentional with how you're raising your kids um, to try and expose them to um, a greater level of inclusivity, greater level of diversity, um, and 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 you know do your part beyond what the school is doing to educate your kids and, and help them in their um, journeys. Um, and so I would recommend you check out that stuff. If you've got questions, if you want to dive into some of the stuff that we talked about, we only had a couple hours, um, by all means, shoot out a message to um, Alicia on Instagram as well. I'm sure she'd be delighted to chat with you and help you, um, whatever that looks like. Um, and do check out some of the other bits and pieces that she mentioned. Uh, I think she mentioned she's um, a writer and a co-editor at Wild and Free, so check that out as well. I'll put the links in the show notes to all her stuff, um, or you can check it out via her Instagram bio. I'm sure she's got lots of links through that that you can check out as well. Um, if you are going through your own de deconstruction and you feel lonely in the process, if you feel disconnected, by all means, please check out the deconstructionnetwork.com. It's a great resource. It's completely free that helps you connect with other people in your local area that are deconstructing. And if you want to support what I'm doing, everything I'm doing is free. The Deconstruction Network, the Grace Course, these podcasts, um, you know, different things that I'm doing, putting out, talking with people day in, day out, helping people um, on their journeys. If you want to support me in that, that would make a huge difference. This is a full-time job for me and um, it pays the bills just, but not by much. Um, and so if you'd like to be a part of helping me pay those bills, um, helping me put food on the table, that kind of thing, um, you can do so over on Patreon. It's patreon.com slash phildrysdale or phildrysdale.com slash partner if you want to just do it direct. Um, as a thank you, you get access to a private discussion group, um, which is always full of interesting conversations. We have some really fascinating conversations around spirituality, deconstruction, um, faith, relationships, um, connecting uh, with people in our lives, all that good stuff. Um, and we also have a monthly Zoom call. We actually have a monthly Zoom call coming up this weekend. So if you are thinking about it, um, dive on and uh, you, you'll probably catch us for that uh, Zoom as well. Um, and there's a few other perks for people that give a bit more, um, you know, connection, one-on-one, -on -one, um, Skypes and things like that. Whatever your situation is, so even if you are completely unable to help uh, financially, that is more than okay. The vast majority are not in that position and that's okay. I still want to connect with you. I still want to help you in any way I can. Um, there's never a paywall to, to connect with me. You can message me on Instagram 
anytime, day or night, and I will get back to you as soon as I can. I love chatting with people, helping them on their journeys, um, helping them process the very difficult process of exploring spirituality, deconstructing, all that different stuff. And so please, by all means, shoot me a message if you need. There's never any obligation to, to give to what I do. Um, we've all been harassed far too much in our backgrounds with uh, spirituality and Christianity and faith or whatever it is. Um, and so please don't feel there's any of that coming from me. I am, my door is always open to everyone, regardless of where you're at and, and how much you can engage with um, what I'm doing. I want to hear from you. I want to connect. I want to help. And so please always feel free to message me on Instagram. All right, that's enough rambling from me. Let's finish up and I'll see you for another episode on Thursday. Peace.